Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining us right here on Off the Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for February 22nd, 2023. I am your host, JD from New York. As always, is that a fucking box of bootios behind you? What are you doing, bro? What are you what are you doing over there? You, you I don't eat, see any bootios behind me. What are you talking you about? You eat bootio. Look at this new day shill over here. Oh my god. What are you doing? Bruh. If there's something wrong with your cameras, don't blame me. This is an AEW podcast, bro. Stay focused. Let's go. It's, it's, an, it's an AEW podcast. Yeah. What, what shirt you got on there? Is that a WWE licensed merchandise shirt? Too? I can't I can't see. What is that? Cobra Kai, homie. Cobra, oh, Cobra Kai. One of the most overrated shows in the history of existence. Did you know. watch it yet? No. I'm looking at you on social media looking for advice. Or what show should I watch? I'm looking for a nice show to watch on my fucking couch with <laughs> my fucking cats. I keep giving you shows to watch. Did you watch The Sopranos yet? No. No, I got Sopranos. I got uh, Game of Thrones. I got uh, fucking Cobra Kai. Come on, man. Get on with the show. Have you watched The Last of Us yet? That's what I wanted to. Have you watched The Last of Us yet? Are you too busy playing the fucking game? No, no, I'm done with the game. I beat the game. Are you going to watch the show now? I I just don't have HBO Max, man. I may have to. Well, actually, I think I, I have an account. I got to get a free I'm trial or something. Somebody I, I, I can't account. keep doing more subscriptions, man. Somebody want to share an HBO Max. Yeah, man. someone share an HBO uh, Max account with this fucking clown. Anyway. Hit my uh, DMs. I'll and, finish and, that anyway, shit anyway. in, in two you, you guys, you guys, you guys know where we are, man. We're at the OTS venue. It's AEW Dynamite. <laughs> JD oh, yeah, right. from New York. Jesse, Chi-Town Smart here. Um, I actually like tonight's show, bro. I, I thought tonight's show was a lot better. League's better than what was on paper and leagues better than what it was last week. But I want to dive in at the top because I think the wrestling tonight was inconsequential. There really wasn't anything major uh, that happened in the ring besides that MJF and Brian Danielson segment, which was absolutely fucking amazing. Um, we're going to get into the announcement that Tony Khan had uh, announced was going to take place on tonight's show about a, a nice 48 hours ago. And I was actually worried, and I'm going to be, I'm, I'm usually honest on this show, and Jesse is usually very honest on this show. Uh, we're we're going to be very open and honest with, with a lot of what we uh, are feeling here, because this is the um, only time that Jesse is with us on Wednesdays, unless I ask him to do something uh, major, if there's a major news story. Um, but, you know, Dynamite, they have announced, or Tony Khan has announced, that there will be additional programming. Now, it's not in the way that you are thinking. They're not adding a third hour of Dynamite. It's not going to be like Monday Night Raw. They're not adding, adding a, a second hour of, of Rampage, which uh, I do feel that they should get all their ducks in a row with Rampage because it's absolutely unwatchable the way it is taped and at that time slot, and they did less than 300,000 viewers on, on a Friday night at 7 p.m., which is 
you know, not, not their normal time slot, but, you know, we could get into that a little bit later. Uh, they, they announced that they are going all access, Jesse. AW All Access, a new reality-based TV show that will be premiering um, in March on TBS. TBS has greenlit its first new unscripted series of 2023, further expanding its AEW franchise with AEW All Access, a follow-up doc or follow-doc from the perspectives of the league's biggest stars. The new series, which was announced during another episode of Dynamite Tonight, um, is slated to premiere in March. Now, this is coming from um, a, a uh, I guess TBS put this out, uh, a little letter here to, uh, to everybody in the media. Uh, billed as the ultimate behind-the-scenes experience for the fans, the series will feature Adam Cole, Dr. Britt Baker, Sammy Guevara, Tate Conti, The Young Bucks, Soraya, Wardlow, Eddie Kingston, along with AEW CEO, GM, and head of creative, as, as if you didn't know, Jesse. I mean, I mean, he's, he's wearing so many hats in the company. You know, Tony Khan. Uh, each episode will showcase AEW stars as they navigate the week-to-week challenges to remain at the top and will track the rivalries between talent as they vie for fans' attention. Over the course of the series, viewers will get a chance to follow the contentious lead-up to AEW's major wrestling events and matches AEW All Access will complement TBS and TNT's portfolio of top-rated wrestling content, including AEW Dynamite and Rampage, respectively. AEW has such an amazingly loyal and dedicated fan base that brings in more than 4 million viewers to TBS every Wednesday night, says Jason Sarlanis, president of Turner Network's ID and HLN. Um, With All Access, we are bringing that incredible audience a whole new way to experience the wrestling universe that they love we have a powerful partnership with Tony Khan and AEW. With this new series, we are expanding the franchise in a way that invites viewers inside the world of wrestling like never before. Now, this was announced tonight, and I, I know the internet was running wild with rumors about what this announcement could be. Uh, some people were claiming that it could have been a Ring of Honor TV uh, announcement, uh, but Tony Khan announced that with Sports Illustrated a couple of weeks ago, so I, I didn't really think it was going to be that. Or anything Ring of Honor related I thought would have been a complete letdown. Then we had people claiming that it was going to be the announcement of a UK show. Because AEW is going to the UK sometime this summer for the first time ever. Other people thought it was going to be the announcement of Forbidden Door. Uh, which would have been great because I'm more excited about Forbidden Door this year with the, uh, with the roster fully back together than I was last year. That would have been a tremendous announcement. Maybe keeping our fingers crossed for Madison Square Garden show. But uh, that's wishing upon a star there uh, for Forbidden Door. But we got this. We got this announcement. Now, I know a lot of people, Jesse, think that this is a letdown. And I want to start off saying that, yes, it is a letdown. Because a lot of people waited for 48 hours plus for this announcement. They waited all show. This announcement was made at 9.45 p.m. during Dynamite tonight. And Tony Khan didn't even really make the announcement. He kind of spawned it off to Adam Cole, who actually announced his in-ring return as well next week, which is a great thing to see because we all missed him. But... I don't think that this needed to be made tonight on Dynamite the way that people, you know, were anticipating a much bigger announcement, Jesse. I feel like when AEW and Tony Khan hype up something, uh, a couple of things happen. One, it kind of leads to people thinking that Tony Khan's desperate because if you line up all of what we saw this week, you know, AEW did their lowest rating since November of 2022, and and then all of a sudden comes out with an important announcement. You know, of course, he's going to have people wanting to watch the show because Everybody's going to want to know what he has to say, and then people are going to hang on. Oh, he's just desperate for interest in the company because the company's falling off. The pay-per-view build has been shit and this and that. 
And the other thing is, when you make an announcement like this and you hype it up as important announcement, you know, and then you get that, all, all you're doing is kind of letting people down as far as, A, the announcement, and then, you know, the show is already going to have a bad aura and a bad, a bad stigma about it because people are going to be looking at this and be like, Jesus Christ, that's the fucking announcement? Man, I don't give a shit about this show. So it's already got a, a negative kind of feel going into it, and we don't even know what the fucking show is going to be about. You just kind of end up disappointing people when you overhype something, and then it leads to something that really isn't, you know, in the, in the fans' interests. But... There is more positive that comes out of this than negative because I, I talked to you about it before we actually went live on the air. Th this gives people more of a spotlighted role in the company that you don't see on television. And most importantly, for all the fucking vocal people on Twitter that want this company to die, th this has done one and one thing only. And the most important thing, and, and it's strengthened the relationship between Tony Khan and, and Warner Discovery because they're giving Tony Khan more hours of content they're giving them another time slot after Dynamite, another television show. If this did anything, Jesse, it solidified that Tony Khan is going to be staying with Warner Discovery and that AEW is going to be set up for a very big TV rights deal, and they're not going anywhere. The, the, the company has a, a huge partnership, and that's all that really matters. If anybody wants this company to stay on TNT, TBS, this is it, bro. This, this, is, this is TNT and TBS saying, we are fully backing Tony Khan and AEW. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent agree. You know, I. So, um, I think this. I think this show is a really good idea. Yes. Um, and I'm I'm looking at all of the the naysayers and you know the people who look. I've I've come to realize a long time ago that these kinds of things, and no matter what else he does, are going to have his detractors. He has his haters. He has his people that just wanted to fail regardless. I mean, if you imagine um, what this announcement should have been, and if it was something twice as good as what you thought it should have been, there would still be people out there right now talking about how the announcement was a disappointment. Um, I've personally come to accept um, an announcement like this at face value. So um, I stopped I stop waiting for the world on these announcements when I've gotten let down with the Christian Cage thing. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not excited about an announcement. That doesn't mean I just don't expect the world out of it. So when I got the announcement of this kind of show, I was actually kind of happy about it because what these people who are complaining about it don't understand is that this will give the average casual fan and new viewers and you know things of the sort um, the opportunity to get invested in the talent that they're looking at on AEW television. Um, when fans look at WWE, they've been looking at they've been looking at Seth Rollins on WWE television for what 15 years or some shit like that. You know, I mean, Roman Reigns, they're looking at all these top stars, they've seen documentaries about them, they've been on these journeys through their careers with them. And this is an upstart company who's been here four years, and they're advertising on a huge platform during the NBA finals and all-star game and on big network and people are coming over, but all they're seeing is wrestling. They have nothing to get invested to as far as the characters individually. So a show like this has its bonuses. I saw some people debating about uh rose to the top and you no know, total Bellas and shit like that for as lame as what they were to us, you know, to, to the hardcore fans, not all fans are sitting around at, you know, fucking 10 o'clock, 
on YouTube watching, you know, podcasters talking about wrestling. They turn it off when the show goes off. So, but if there's a television show right on after it where they can find out more about Adam Cole's journey, about Kenny Omega's journey, it gives them a little bit more to be invested in. Hence, they'll they'll watch the product more, tell their friends about it more. This is only a good thing. For the people who want AEW to succeed, this is a fantastic thing. For people who want them to fail, they're going to hate it because they don't want them to expand. This is going to help the company expand. Uh, of course, it's going to help the company expand. This is, this is you know, it might, listen, I don't like this reality-based television. I mean, this is exactly what it's going to be, reality-based television. How much, how much reality is going to be ingrained in this show? I mean, Total Divas lasted, what, nine seasons? Ten seasons? I mean, that show was yeah, on so- TV for fucking ever. I mean, Ms. Ms. and Mrs. Is, 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 is in its, what, third season, fourth season? Yeah. There is a market for that type of stuff. Yes, uh, it's it not. It, it, yes, it's not. It's not going to be that type of thing. Do you do you know what you see on? And this, I, I know, I talked about this months ago when this was a, a, a very very early rumor. D- do you guys watch their Road Two series on YouTube? I know you you watch those Road Two uh, shows, Jesse. You know, no, no, I used to. I used to. But I, you you I, know you know where I'm going with this. Then you you know how incredibly well they're shot. Yeah, and you oh know you, God, you know you know you know the production value is fucking out of this world. That's yes. exactly what you're going to get with this. Don't don't you think, you know, it makes for good television to see Adam Cole in the in, in the moments leading up to his return after being away since June to know what that man is thinking, to see his body language, to see his mentality about going out there for the first time, how scared yes. he is, and with his his you know his girlfriend there, Britt Baker, and, and to see the realness in, in what they are going through, and, and to see. You know, Sammy and Tay and the realness that they go through, uh, whether you like them or not, you know, instead of being on their vlog, they're going to be in a backstage element at work. You're going to get to see them for who they really are backstage. Eddie Kingston was mentioned in that as well. You're going to be seeing the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega on there as well. You're going to get a real in, in-person in perspective about what everybody's thinking about. And if you guys watch those Road 2 series, it's going to be exactly like that. It's going to be raw, uncut don't know how much reality is going to be ingrained in this, but AEW's got free reign to do whatever they want. They could tell storylines through this. This could be something that they filmed. I'm assuming it is, you know, a, a while back, and it could kind of lead to something going into a pay-per-view. Maybe this is maybe this is the Adam Cole show. I mean, Adam Cole is going to be all over this thing with Britt Baker. Maybe this is something that they document with him. And you guys who have put down Adam Cole for, for forever— because of his fucking size and his stature and he's small and he's a vanilla midget and all this other fucking nasty shit I hear, you're going to get a different perspective on Adam Cole. You may be a fan of Adam Cole after this fucking shit. I, 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 love, I love the concept. Is it for me? No. But I know how important it is, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a fucking disappointment in, in the way you guys are thinking, but this is going to be a huge positive for the company because so many more of their stars are going to be in, in the mainstream, and Jesse Variety magazine picked this shit up and immediately posted something on social media. That's a win in itself already. That is. That is. I didn't know that. That's fantastic news. Um, I mean, again, this this can this can only be a good thing. And and you know, and and I get it. For everyone sitting here watching us right now, I get it. It's 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 content that's unnecessary because we already know all about these people. I get it. I get it, but but for the company, this feels more like a like a WWE twenty four series. Yeah, you know, and those were those those were shot very well. But more importantly, 
it got everyone even more invested into these characters, you know, and as they're being presented. When you can see the human side behind what they do on TV, it does make you a little bit more interested in them as an individual. And I, I think this is very important. Um, it might not be important to us, but, you know, to the average casual fan, you know, I, I think it is. And, and I want to put something else out there. And, man, I'm... I'm I'm in the mood for some heat today, so let's let's take it. Oh, listen, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get into a couple of spicy things here, so uh, don't well, don't this, don't, this don't hold that. This involves this though. This involves yeah. this topic. So, um, this might be a bad spot for the show, as far as placement. Um, what would be a better spot for it is the spot where Rampage is right now. I mean, if if we had to take up a spot that we already have, you know, uh, 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 a license to, this is that spot on Friday night. For Rampage, I mean, seeing us out, look, what we want is, is Rampage to have its own fucking night. You know, I get it. And live. I get it. But if we can't have that, which is what I would rather have, and this and people are going to get pissed, Rampage would be better off not being existent anymore and just being a third hour of fucking uh, Dynamite. Of Dynamite, yeah. It would it, it'd be much better served because at least it would be live. Yes. It would at least I be live. I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I, I would rather have it there. Pick and we and listen, and listen, before you continue, I don't want to cut you off. We, we have been so against the third hour of Dynamite. So against. Yeah. But, I mean, with the, with the roster that they have and the live element that they produce, I mean, is it going to be that bad? Yeah. W, uh, Raw has conditioned us to be used to three hours of wrestling on Monday as it and is. And bored out of our fucking minds, mind you. Yes. I mean, so if you do it and do it right... I mean, Jesus, just make it more interesting. It has a better shot. It has a better shot than being a one-hour tape on Friday night on the back end of SmackDown. No one cares about it. No one cares about it. I'm sitting there. I'm, in, I'm, I'm getting tweets from one of our listeners right now who's at the show. Um, Rampage came on, and he took a live video. He said 25% of the fucking people there just started to get up and leave. Not necessarily because they have no interest in AEW anymore at that point. It's just it's late. It's a weeknight. They have things to do in the morning. They, they, he has, he said himself, he said he has things to do. He has to get up. He's, he's got to go. It just runs late. Not only that, it's a tape show that you can catch. Late. I would rather just stay there for the third hour of wrestling, man. I mean, if you're going to ask me to do that or care about Rampage, we're in this current form, I would rather have a third hour of Dynamite. I, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be saying, well, why didn't they just fix what they currently have that's broken? It's not that easy. You know, I'm I'm assuming I don't want to put words in the man's mouth, but I'm assuming Tony Khan knows what people are feeling about Rampage, no matter how naive he wants to be online. He knows what he sees the ratings. He's a fucking analytic guy. He sees the ratings. He sees what people are saying about the show. He knows the show is broken and at a terrible time slot and on a terrible night. I I wish that they would fix it. You know, in a perfect world, like we always talked about, Rampage would be Dynamite's "Quote unquote SmackDown and Dynamite yeah. is the is the flagship Raw uh, of AEW, but it, it's not that easy. Maybe we yeah. get that in the next round of TV rights deals discussions. I don't I don't if know. We, you know, if we can get if we can get another two hour show to start at six or seven o'clock on a different night, then we can cut Dynamite down to two hours and then do another two hour live show. Yep, great, fine. But this Rampage in its current form, no one gives a shit." I'd rather have a third hour of Dynamite. Not that I want one, but rather than follow Rampage, I would rather follow a third hour of Dynamite. 
you know, the other the other big thing that people are talking about, and I know I've made uh, a, a, a very big topical discussion out of it, is the the lack of story uh, right now on AEW television. Jesse, do, yeah. do, do, you, do you feel, and we'll get into that, um, do you feel that AEW revolution feels kind of off and, and the build feels, feels kind of off? I, I honestly... I honestly feel like Tony has waited. You know, he's he's announced matches. He, he, a lot of people think that Tony Khan waited a little bit too long to get matches announced for this thing. I don't find that to be a big deal, to be quite honest with you, because, I mean, you and I, were not idiots. We, we watch the show weekly very intently. We know what the pay-per-view is going to be. If you watch the fucking show, you know what the pay-per-view matches are going to be. I don't know why people need them to be announced. The only reason why I think that they should be announced is for the people paying to be there. They want to know what the fuck is on the show so they know what they're spending their money on. I think he's kind of let those people down. I don't give a shit he didn't announce anything because I know what the fucking show is going to be. But as far as the pay-per-view bill, bro, do, do you feel like it's it feels off and that the show is basically being spearheaded by Brian and MJF and maybe Moxley, Hangman, and, and everything else is kind of feeling like, all right, what, what, why, is that, why does everything feel so weak going into the show? I guess so. Here's the weird part about it. There's there's like three months between pay per views here. I mean, there really shouldn't be a reason why we don't have more long term storytelling here. Yes. So, I mean, to to go to be heading to a pay per view with the feeling of you know, you know, we need more importance and more of this and more of that immediately it makes me go back and think, well, what have we been doing for the last three months? Nothing. Like, what have we been doing? Nothing. We, there, should be, there should be at least three months of build going into every pay-per-view. This feels like there's about three to four weeks. Yes. So what were we doing? If we, if we already have the card for Revolution mapped out and ready to go, we should have the winners mapped out. We should have the next round of feuds mapped out. And we should have about three months of storyline for those major feuds going into the next pay-per-view. I mean, that's plenty of time to tell them a compelling story. I, I think I think this whole ordeal with Roman and Sammy and the bloodline, yes. I think it's really exposing um, how AEW has got kind of gone away from long-term storytelling. Not even that, bro. Uh, it's it's spoiled the wrestling fan. It, it really it really opened up. You know, a new a new narrative in, in in the industry, and I've always been about long term booking. I mean, I mean, I've built you know most of this podcast off of long term booking. Like I've I've preached it for as long as I've been doing this uh, as a podcaster. But yeah. you know, I don't want to sit here and tell you AEW doesn't have any stories because that's not true. That would be unfair of me as a, as a podcaster. They do have long term. So MJF and Brian has been building ever since William Regal. What was there? I mean, th- that's been building. That's the that's the only thing that feels that feels like it's been building. Moxley and, and Page has been building. I don't want to take anything away from them because they made a whole a whole story out of Hangman getting concussed by Moxley. Great. I'm looking forward to both of those matches, and they're going to be tremendous. Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. Uh, another thing, you know, they had to work around Christian Cage's injury, but it's still yeah. something that's been going on for quite a while. I'm going to get that all squared away and, and tied up at the pay per view, but. I honestly feel like, and I don't want to take anything away from Ricky Starks and Jericho, they have dropped the ball on Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. Uh, Action Andretti and what the impact of him beating Jericho did for him kind of got lost. Uh, it's it's almost non-existent now. The tag team title situation with the acclaimed, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with this tag team division. 
And we'll I don't talk know, about why is this a quadruple? F- I don't. I, I don't. Do I, I don't know. I don't know how we got there and why that was booked. Uh, Samoa Joe and Wardlow. Yes, there's some story there, but it took them until two weeks ago. Oh, when was it? Last week about Joe about Joe cutting Wardlow's hair off and what the significance of the hair was to yeah. Wardlow. You know, it's like yeah. you took. I mean, you had three months to tell this fuck. Where the fuck was that? Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you want to tell that three weeks before the pay per view. And then the women, I mean, don't get me started on the women. I was so excited. Jesse was so excited about the women and the potential of where that could be going and what that could be leading to. I mean, they've dropped the ball on that. It's nothing more than a fucking uh, wannabe NWO with DX spray paint. I mean, holy shit. What are we doing? I'm seeing some consistencies in the the storylines that we thought were or used to be long-term storytelling. The thing is, the stories never really evolve. No. Just because they're engaged in a feud for, you know, so many weeks or whatever it is, nobody nobody gives a shit if nothing's really changing. You know, we're going to we're going to use the 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 Sammy bloodline, you know, as an example, you know, just for this one, but there was layers to it. Sammy was a joke to the bloodline. Sammy was an outsider trying to fit in because he couldn't get things done on his own. Sammy was being used by the bloodline. So it escalated. So they didn't want anything to do with him, but now they're going to use him. Then turns out Sammy was useful. So they was, you know, they were kind of satisfied and happy with him being around. Then Sammy proved himself even more. And then the downfall came. Different things were happening. The women have been involved in, you know, homegrown versus the outsiders. And the next week, homegrown versus the outsiders. But Ruby doesn't know where she wants to be. Next week, Homegrown versus the outsiders, Ruby is going to point to Jamie Hayter. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. And this is not exciting. Nothing is moving. And there's Nothing no dialogue. Happening. There's no dialogue. Like I don't Nothing. know. I, I don't know why Soraya and Tony Storm are labeled the outsiders. I, I don't know what their problem is with the OGs. In the AW yeah. women's, why why do you want to overtake the women's locker room and the women's division to a point where you want to exile the rest of the people that have been there since day one? They have not given me a reason why this yeah. is their, their their desire and what and their mission statement. Why why do you why why do you want that? Now I'm not saying. Listen, I'm not saying that AEW doesn't have stories. I don't want people to take me out of context. They do have stories, but their stories end at the pay-per-view, and then they start a whole brand new slew of stories, and then they go into the next pay-per-view, rinse and repeat. What what Jesse and I are saying is that they need 
their bloodline and Sami Zayn's story. Now, that could have been MJF and CM Punk. We don't know. That could be MJF and the fucking biggest free agent of 2024 storyline coming up in January next year. I don't know. But what AEW needs to stop doing is booking matches just for the sake of booking matches. And I said this on the podcast on Sunday, and I said it on Friday when I was live with SmackDown. You cannot have a show weekly with banger matches after banger matches after banger matches. At some point, people are going to tune out, and you're not keeping people invested in watching Dynamite. You can only do that so much, and you don't want to blow through that on Dynamite because that is a very... Yeah, that is a resource that you don't want to tap into too much. Otherwise, you're not going to have any of those matches, and they're not going to feel special by the time you get to them. They need a major story that transcends the company through many, many, many months like this Sami Zayn and Bloodline story. And yes, we've gotten spoiled as fans watching that play out going into WrestleMania, but AEW doesn't have that, and they need that. I don't know where it went because I haven't felt that way in three years with AEW. I'm finally feeling that now. And is that because CM Punk is gone? I don't know. I don't know. Has AEW had problems? Yes. Has Tony Khan had struggles? Yes. Has things, you know, changed on the fly and Tony Khan had to reroute and fucking, you know, deal with something because of an injury or a suspension and this and that? Yes. There's been major shakeups and there's been major problems. But the fact of the matter is there is no long-term booking. MJF and Brian Danielson is somewhat long-term booking, and that's the only real solid story going into this pay-per-view in two weeks. And outside that, that's it. That's a problem. And I really yeah. wish that they get their shit together because I don't want to see this happen going into double or nothing. I don't want to see it happen going into, into All Out. The only show I will take banger matches for fucking four straight hours is Forbidden Door. Inject that shit into my fucking soul. I don't give a shit. You know, give me right. give me a Brian versus Okada. I don't I don't fucking care. They don't have to say one word to each other. Just put the fucking match on. But long term booking needs to happen, and they don't have that right now. No, no, I agree, hundred percent. Anyway, you know, we I, I see a lot of people. You know, I, I seen a comment today that uh, uh, you know uh, JD from NY, a midget from NY, was. Uh, is the reason why AEW is failing along with Alvarez, Meltzer, Sapp, and all these other podcasters. It's not our fault. You know, it's not our fault. You know, Jesse and I have been very critical about AEW when they needed to be shit on and when they need to be, you know, called out on shit. And we've been very, you know, hopeful and we've praised the show when it also needs to be said as well. Listen, banger matches is not going to work. And I don't know if AEW's audience doesn't want long-term stories. I don't know who wants long-term stories. Yeah, I, I, you, you want to have long-term stories. You need long-term stories. Right now, you know, I don't know how you guys are satisfied with Dynamite. I, I don't. It's not a bad show. And Jesse and I have said, listen, Dynamite's been, Dynamite's been the best TV show out of Raw and SmackDown since January. They put on some of their best episodes ever. But that doesn't mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, man, they still need long-term booking. They do. They do. They do. I mean, the, I, I think sometimes they get into the little bit of the bad habit of booking a match that they know that the internet fans want to see and then, you know, taking the praise for booking said match. They gave us Omega versus Brian, you know, once on Dynamite. My God, that moment, you know, it felt so fucking good. And it, it's just something that we all wanted. But at the end of the day, you just put two fantastic wrestlers in a match and just let it go. And then nothing really came of it. Now what? You know, that's what we mean. I mean, 
it needs to be a lot more. You know, I, I have a I have a um an example to put forth, and all of my hip hop fans in the chat will get it. You can have a rapper who is the absolute greatest at battle rap and at freestyles. And you know, you put him in a battle, he'll murder you, he'll kill you. But you take that same guy and put him in a studio to record an album, and it's not produced the right way. It's not going to manufacture a hit. You just can't go into the studio and just start spitting out lyrics and bars. Songs need to have structure to become hit music. And you need the people around you to do that. What Tony Khan is doing in that in that similarity is he's putting great wrestlers in the ring and just having them give us great matches. But there's no one around them producing enough story to keep the fans interested in the long term. You know, it's 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 very, very, very fucking similar. I mean, he has the talent. I know he has the talent with the producers in the back. Um, we just got to get it together, man. We just got to get together and do some long-term stories. And that's, and that's the problem. They're capable of telling stories. How many yep. people? How many people has Tony Khan have employed? That that you know, they're Hall of Famers. They're they're capable, fully capable of telling stories. And, and the one thing that bothers me is the the House of Black versus Young Bucks thing. You know, I still get people shitting on me. Oh, JD doesn't want to see it. You know, blah, blah, blah. You're getting your match finally, and now you're complaining about it. It's not the fact that I'm complaining about it because the match is going to be fucking incredible when it happens at the pay-per-view. Does it need to take place at the pay-per-view? No. But like Jesse said, you should have had this shit mapped out for months. The House of Black have done nothing with the, with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. All of a sudden, we're getting this match built in one week. Going towards yes. the pay-per-view, happening at the pay-per-view. Where were they when they were wrestling fucking Death Triangle for seven fucking weeks? You got yeah. nothing of the House of Black, no dialogue, no story, and all you want to do is give it to me two weeks before the pay-per-view and tell me, oh, it's finally happening. You should be happening. You should be happy with that. No. House of Black have yet to give me a reason why they want to rid AEW of the uh, executive vice presidents. Why? Why? I need to know. I want a story with these six guys. I don't want the fucking match to take place just because they're great wrestlers, six great wrestlers. And if you do that at the pay-per-view, Jesse, you're really risking blowing up the House of Black completely, and that's not going to be a good look. I don't want that match to take place at the pay-per-view. I wish yeah. I could tell Tony Khan, please, TK, don't book the match. Let it build. Let it breathe. Come up with a dialogue. Come up with story. And then slow build it to double or nothing. That would make all the difference in the world, and I guarantee you people would be more excited about the match if there was a fucking story going in there for three months instead of two weeks. Yeah, that's a that that's a good point, man. We got we get that six man tag with Death Triangle seven times, and where did that get us? The elite is now moving on the House of Black, and where's Death Triangle? We just saw them in a mass chaos. Fucking haven't seen Pac since. Haven't seen Pac since. We saw the Lucha Bros in this in this ridiculous ass tag battle royal tonight. They're they're doing nothing. I mean, do, do, how did how did Death Triangle get built up, leaving this seven match series? I, I don't know. I mean, they look that they, they, they all six guys look like fucking studs coming out of that thing. And, you know, you, you got the elite bouncing basketballs because it's the NBA All-Star game last weekend. House yeah. of Black shows up. There's no dialogue and Death Triangle's nowhere to be found. How is that? How is that? How is that right? Like, I don't understand that. Like, how no, are you happy good. about that if you're an AEW, you know, elitist? Honestly. Yeah, yeah. You know, the guys that they're doing something and they're hot, 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 then they go away from TV. Another example, Wardlow. You know, if you MJF, hot, 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 beat MJF, gone from TV. Cooled the fuck off. Got to build them back up again. 
hot, 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 cooled off. You, guys cannot keep heating up and cooling off. If you got a hot hand, you got to push it. You got to keep going with it. You cannot just, oh, we'll come back to it. Jurassic Express were hot, 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 hot. They didn't get the push. They got the push later, but they had chilled off at that point. You know, you, you got to go with the hot hand while you have it, build around it, build some long-term story behind it to keep it fresh. You guys, AEW does fantastic on their chase and their build-up. Once they get crowned to the to the point where they are done with said story, it's a dive off of a cliff, man. It is it's, it's straight See, look, downhill. Look, look, right in the chat there. They call me Michael V in the chat. Oh, just get rid of him. I'm glad you did. He says, you people are are, are being given excellent matches, crying about storyline. Come on, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Everything needs a fucking story. Everything needs a story. I always reference The Walking Dead. How how impactful would that Negan scene killing Glenn and Abraham be if Negan just showed up out of nowhere and, and was given no reason to kill fucking anybody? I, I mean, the whole buildup to that fucking season seven, episode one, uh, death of Abraham and, and, and Glenn well, was because of what Rick and, and the camp did to the saviors before that fucking scene. If, if that did not happen, the impact of it wouldn't mean shit. Like, I don't understand you fucking people. You don't want storyline. How don't you want storyline? I don't get I don't know, Jesse. You watch a lot of episodic television. If something major happened in one of your favorite shows out of, out of nowhere, you, you, you'll be asking the same fucking thing. How, how did we get here? Why this, did it happen? How did this happen? Where did we? And look, no one's crying about anything. This is a podcast where we discuss the show. It's, that, that, that's what happens on podcasts. Bro. Yes. It, you, you discuss the show. So you went to a podcast and asked why they were talking about the show. I mean, that, that doesn't sound very bright on your end, right? Nobody's crying about anything. We're, we're, we're talking in a civilized manner with an audience about how to better the show. That's it. And I've said this, and Jesse said, has said this. This has been a topical discussion for, for months about AEW. And, and now it needs to be said because the pay-per-view build has been weak outside of a couple of matches. And I know a lot of people, and I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, too, uh, with my clip about uh, the House of Black and, and uh, the Elite and all this other shit. Tony Khan could benefit from a writing team. He could. He's got all these fucking people back yes. there. I don't, know what the, I don't know what the inner workings of AEW is. I don't know what the, the, the whole plan is to write the show. I don't know what the writing schedule is. I don't know if Tony Khan handles it all himself, if he's got people hating in, in that, helping him. But... I feel like Tony Khan should have a dedicated writing team. And I mean, you know, not fucking QT Marshall or, or Jeff Jarrett or, or, or Sanjay Dutt or Christopher Daniels or anybody. He needs a dedicate. He needs to go out and hire writers. Like, honestly, that, that's oh. what I feel like he needs to do. Man, I'm sorry. I just had a. I just had like a, a, just a, a vision, you know, you know, you realize we just started this show saying, man. AEW needs a three-hour flagship show, and they need some writers. What the yeah. fuck are we just saying? What are we saying right now? I mean, is this exactly what we all did? Because, not all because we're all because we're requesting, you know, all, all because we're, we're thinking AE, the AEW could benefit for some writers doesn't mean I want the show to be fucking scripted like Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard would book Monday Night Raw. I mean, don't don't again, don't take it out of context. Exactly. I, I like the free. I like the freedom of people going out there, giving, being given bullet points, and letting themselves be them. You know, be them. You know, uh, Jericho and Ricky Starks and guys like that going out there and not being scripted. MJF going out there and not being scripted. Of course, we're not asking for that to happen, yes. right? But 
You know, uh, 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 we're we're saying let let's get stories being written, fleshed yeah. out with a beginning, a middle, and an end that takes you from week to week to week to week that goes beyond a pay per view. Like seriously, where yeah. is that? Because I know yeah. I know once upon a time we had it. So so what what we give here, guys, is constructive criticism. There's so many things in AEW being done right which is the reason that we're here covering it. If we didn't give a shit about it at all, if it was just all that bad, we wouldn't be talking about it. We don't sit here and cover impact. We don't cover NWA power. (laughs) (laughs) So we cover AEW because we over overall, we like the show. So when we break down individual episodes, like, man, we did like this. We would have changed this. Not sure why this is happening, but all in all, we like the show. If we're here talking about it, we like it. That being said, it's not perfect. So if we're talking about things that we would change, it's not because we hate the show or it's going downhill or that it sucks. Just some things we would have done. Me and JD are talking about wrestling right now. You guys are watching. Even you guys in the locker room. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Brett. You know, hi, hi, how you doing? We're talking about the show. <clears throat> you guys are welcome to join in and listen, but this is what we think about the show. And, and it, it, it's... It's unbiased and and it's it's what what am I, I I'm I'm unbiased and incredible a reporter. You're a you're you're a credible journalist. I'm a credible or unbiased credible, credible an, an unbiased journalist. There <laughs> Jesse, you go. Jesse's a journalist. I'm a, he's, a, I'm a, he's a journalist I'm a, now. I'm a journalist, man. Listen, I am an unbiased content creator. That's what yeah. I've built my platform on. I I I give it to both. I give it to both AEW and WWE, the good and the bad. I mean, you, you guys, uh, you wouldn't be here if I if I was, uh, you know, listen, one of the major problems in the community is the people that do this thing that are alive right now, they don't really sit there and objectively cut apart dynamite. Everything's so great, you know? They, they don't give it to you like that, like us. Yeah. It, it needs to be said. I guarantee you, outside Solomon, so you're not going to hear any of this discussion on Fightful or with Denise or Sap or anybody else, Stephen Lawrence. You're not going to hear this shit over there. No. Nobody wants to objectively criticize Dynamite because they're afraid of ruffling feathers in the locker room and they're afraid of cutting their ties for interviews and getting their access revoked for the media scrums. So that's why they don't do anything and they don't say anything so bad about the company. Everything is like, oh, yeah, it'll get better. Yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes. No. I need to know what's wrong and how you would fix it. That's what I want to listen to. I don't know what the fuck you guys are listening to. Yeah. If you don't like it, just say you don't like it. I mean, I guess, I mean, some people say it more politely than others, but after so long, there's so many very, very obvious mistakes. It does get frustrating, so the reactions could come off as... These guys are assholes. Oh, JD turned his back on AEW. I knew oh, he yeah. would. You're yeah, he's sure. Triple H is in charge. You're a shill, bro. Listen, man, uh, some of you don't know. Me, me, and, uh, me and H go back 10, 10 years, man. Yeah, listen, Jesse and I have been watching NXT. Doesn't matter what Triple H does, man. We're a fan of Triple H and the way he operates. He was in charge of the best fucking show in the industry with black and gold. So if me and Jesse have a little favoritism towards Triple H, it's warranted. We want that for Tony Khan. We're big fans of Tony Khan and what Tony Khan is doing. And I've said that to Tony in person, too, at the scrums. So 
You know, it's not the fact that I'm against AEW. I want the fucking company to thrive and do better. And if they have some mistakes, I want to talk about them. Simple. It's not that, it's not, it's not that, it's not rocket science, folks. It's not. Not that hard. Triple H is not without fault, man. Not quite no, sure. No, he's not perfect either. Some things and believe me, but listen, right now. listen, I've cut down Triple H and some of the fucking shit that he's done. Jesse, you know, he tells me weekly, fucking shit row. I mean, get rid of him. Triple H made a fucking fail. That's a bomb right there. That was, oh my God. What is going, what is, what is going on with this, with, with this Omas Lesnar shit? I don't know. Uh, some people, in, uh, who was it? Uh, inside the ropes or something like that. Uh, Meltzer said that that is the match at WrestleMania. And, and oh then we get this report that Vince McMahon, somehow somebody told Sap, somebody that works there told Sap that they feel Vince McMahon is in charge. Somebody ran with it. And I'm like, no shit. Because yeah. I know for a fucking fact, I don't need sources. Triple H would never book Brock Lesnar versus Omos at WrestleMania. Never. Never. I, yeah, this... Uh... Give me a fucking break. If you think Is Triple it, H, listen, if you think Triple H and Omos or Triple H would book Omos and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, you are a complete zero brain cell fucking hack. Honestly, that is a Vince McMahon move if I ever seen a Vince McMahon move. And I'm going to tell you this right now because I'm going to go about this live tomorrow. Vince, I don't think, is running the show completely. I, I will say this, and Jessica can and attest to this. You will know if Vince McMahon's running the show. Two to three minute matches, 24-7 title, dick jokes, and fucking uh, comedy like we used to see. When you start seeing that shit on the show, then you know Vince is in charge. Triple H doesn't do any of that shit. Give me a break. I thought thought Brock Lesnar's WrestleMania opponent was going to be kept completely close to the chest because it was so special. It was Omos? Yeah. That that was... Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Whatever. Ah, son-in-law. Uh, I see you want to book Brock versus Bray Wyatt. Let's do Omos because it's a giant versus a beast. What if Triple H just gave Vince? Exactly what Brock. happened. I guarantee that was the discussion too. Yeah. What if Triple H gave Vince Brock or just gave? Hey, you book you you book you book your guy. You book this guy. We'll put him somewhere. Who do you want? Omos. All right, you got it, dude. Now can you fucking go away? <laughs> now I said this was this was a pro, a, a probable troll job. You know, maybe we get Lesnar versus Lashley again with fucking her business getting back together. But apparently it's it's the match. Melcher says it's the match. That's the plan. I'm like, good luck with that. For the first time in our lifetime, Brock Lesnar's match is going to be a bathroom break match at WrestleMania. Go figure. We put it in the night one pre-show. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great. Seriously. Anyway, um, that's that's what we got as far as AEW is concerned, guys. If you If you don't like it, you know, I'm going to need the AEW fan base to really open open up. We're not against AEW. We, we just love giving constructive criticism. Sometimes my delivery is not uh, all that pleasing to people, but it, it all comes from a good place. I love the company, uh, and I want to see it thrive. A lot of people want to see it die for whatever reason. I, I don't know why. Uh, then you're asking for uh, thousands of people to be out of a job. Uh, I don't know Absolutely. why you would want that. Hundreds of people out of a job. I don't know why you want that, so... Um, Absolutely. I, I, I think that's a point to always make clear. Yes. Whenever you're debating wrestling shows with anyone, I want AEW to succeed. I want WWE to continue to succeed. Yes. I want both these companies to. I'm not here to say I hope WWE fails or I hope AEW fails. I want this to fail. I want these. I want them all to succeed. NWA, Impact, 
ROH. I want them all to, the more wrestling we get, the better. The more entertaining wrestling we get, even fucking better. Listen, I make fun of Impact all the time. I don't want to see them go out of business. No. I don't want to see NWA go out of business. I don't want to see AEW. Why would I I want to see AEW go out of business? It's one of my biggest fucking streams of the week. You know, I'm grateful for I'm grateful for Tony Khan. I would thank Tony yes. Khan a thousand times over in person. Thank you. You've given us something to be excited about, and you've given me fucking uh, a reason to keep food on my fucking table. You know, why would you want that? I want to see more success. I, I wouldn't. I would love to see a, a cable network that only broadcasts wrestling and like all wrestling, not fucking one fucking company. The same way you turn your TV on and watch fucking Seinfeld. And fucking Third Rock from the fucking whatever. You should be able to go to the, the 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 ESPN Wrestling Network and catch up on all of the fucking wrestling shit that happens around the fucking indie. I would fucking love it. Man. All wrestling, all the fucking time. Man, I would man. love it. Third, Third Rock from the Sun is one of my favorite shows of all time. Great. You know? Love Great John Lithgow. Love him. I didn't get into it, to be honest. No? I thought it was hilarious. No. I didn't get into that one. But John Lithgow is fucking hilarious. Yes. Um... So that's that, guys. Make of it what you want. Um, we're going to get into the uh, actual Dynamite show. We're not going to break this thing down like we usually do because, uh, you know, it, it was it was a show that I feel like Tony Khan put into a randomizer and then he spat out another, another uh, random Dynamite tonight. But like I said, this was a much better show than last week. Um, we got the show actually being better than it was on paper because on paper it was looking a little grim. But... It was a good show, and the open of the show saw Orange Cassidy defend the All-Atlantic Championship. He doesn't have a pay-per-view match, by the way, um, against Wheeler Yuta, who is the ROH Pure Champion. Um, I know a lot, I, I know Orange Cassidy. He, get, he gets a lot of flack in the community. I know a lot of people don't like Orange Cassidy. He's stale. He's an indie worker. He's this and that. Uh, you can't take anything away from Orange Cassidy. When you ask him to work, he's going to go out there and work. He's put on several bangers in, in his AEW stint. And, you know, the guy deserves a hell of a lot of credit. Great wrestler. Wheeler Yuta, great wrestler. This was a pay-per-view quality open, Jesse. Um, I don't really care for the little story that they have with them being, you know, uh, I guess best friends. But this match was made last week on Dynamite for this week just to give these guys something to do. No real story here that we should really be investing in. But, I mean, my God, man, you talk about those banger matches that Dynamite puts on. This was that. This, so this is great. A match like this, you take it, you give us an opener like this. They went like 20 minutes, you know, just, you know, boom. I mean, they just fucking hit us with it. Fucking fantastic wrestling. Great. Next segment. Let's look at a, let's look at a fucking a feud with some story behind it. You know, let's do some story, do a lot of story back to the wrestling. You need a little bit of both, and this was the perfect opener. If you want to start a show with wrestling, boom, give us that. And this is how you start a show where you want to grasp um, anyone's attention of, oh, there's not enough wrestling. Here you go. Yeah. Here you go. Orange Cassidy, I get why people don't like him. I get it. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an Orange Cassidy stan either. So I, I get it. I'm not going to defend him. No, neither him. one of us are. Yeah, you know, you know so... I get it. It is not your it's not your prototypical wrestler, especially they, I have a lot of friends, personal friends that don't like the current day and age of wrestling because they're used to their 80s muscle-bound dudes. So they don't like any of the small guys, but seeing Orange Cassidy 
does not help my argument when I'm trying to get them back into wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a little too it's a it's a little too comedic for their liking. Yeah. Or your liking. It is. It is. But Orange Cassidy, great wrestler. This was a great match. All Atlantic title. I mean, we could sit here and complain about the All Atlantic title and how little it does mean to the actual TV show and what they could be doing with that championship. Uh, there should be a story around that championship with somebody uh, of a background that hasn't challenged for that title yet. But as far as this and the story that could potentially come out of this, I don't really see much of a story with Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. To me, Jesse, what I saw as far as story coming out of this match was Claudio's intent on this match, him slapping Yuta around and him almost being uh, an enforcer-like out there, more like a, a, big bro- a, a leader, a big brother to Wheeler Yuta. And it was very telling that Wheeler Yuta was in the ring and Orange Cassidy wanted a hug at the end of the match and he looked over at Claudio and Claudio gave him a thumbs down or whatever he did and he walked out of the ring. They need to continue building on that. Like, what is Claudio's... You know, what, you know, what, what is Claudio doing there? What's the the the, the power uh, that Claudio has over Wheeler Yuta and what's the direction there? Like, why is Yuta... Um, I guess I guess he's in the Blackpool Combat Club and they, they have this kind of brother, this kinship. But, I mean, Willer Yuta... He, he, he has a history somewhat with, with Orange Cassidy, and he didn't do it after a great match. And that's not really, you know, the honor code for uh, Wheeler Yuta here. Right. Um, I, I think that's the, the fantastic nucleus of a pretty good story to start telling. Yeah. Um, Regal left. He was the clear leader and organizer of the Blackpool Combat Club. And they just been kind of floating. We've been sitting debating, not knowing if Brian was still even part of it. Wheeler said he has three fucking friends and... And in, in, in the Blackpool Combat Club, great. Now, my, back to my question of where were you when Brian needed you in the ring? You know, but whatever. You know, but yes, this is something to tell. If Claudio wants to establish himself as the leader of the Blackpool Combat Club, and they um, appear to be going toward more towards a heel direction, um, I love this. I want to see Claudio establish his dominance in the Blackpool Combat Club Similar to, not crazy, just like, but similar to the story that they gave us with Roman making sure that his name was put at the top of the bloodline and establishing his dominance of that group right away. Now, he can do that with Yuta. Um, not quite sure how that would go over with Moxley, Yeah, but it'd be an interesting story to tell. So I wouldn't mind seeing where they're going with this. Yes, I'm very intrigued by that uh, as well, and that's something that really should be uh, focused on in, in the weeks to come. Uh, I'd love to see something like that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, also, a, a new dimension to Claudio because we all know him as the you know the in ring general, and you know, he's uh, he's always out there putting on great matches, pound for pound, the big the strongest guy in the company. But I, I'd love to see that new dynamic for him as well. He's not he's not been in something like that in many 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 years, so. Uh, I welcome that, and if it's uh, a doorway to some story here uh, and getting the Blackpool Combat Club somehow involved in the trios championship scene uh, sometime this summer, I'm also open for that as well because we've been asking for that as well for many, many, many months. But it makes it, I mean, as I say that out loud now, it makes it, it would make it even more interesting since Claudio is the ROH champion. Yeah. So now if he's going to establish BCC as being like the top crew in AEW and be the top guy in ROH, we could be looking at like, I mean, again, 
you know, before the idiots start typing away and getting diarrhea of the fucking fingers. I'm not saying Claudio is like Roman Reigns. What I'm saying is you can have Claudio as the head of ROH and the leader of a dominant faction in AEW. That's the makings of a new star, man. That's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like, I like to see it. it. Yeah, I'd like to see it. We'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, Wheeler Yudi here uh, fell to Orange Cassidy. Uh, Cassidy retained the championship. Some anvil elbows from Yuta. Uh, he tried a seatbelt pin. Cassidy got his own anvil elbows and reversed Yuta. They wrapped each other up in some seatbelt pin attempts. Cassidy popped up with an orange punch. Yuta kicked out. Cassidy hit the beach break, but Yuta kicked out again. The ending of this match was fantastic with uh, several near falls. Cassidy hit one final orange punch to get the victory and what I thought was a great opener to AEW Dynamite. Uh, I was very skeptical about this match coming in. I'm like, why? I asked, why, 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 why are you booking this? But listen, I can't take anything away from both of these guys. Very good wrestlers. And at the end of the match, Cassidy wanted a hug, but Castagnoli uh, came out again and told Yuta not to, and he brushed past Orange Cassidy. So that is the uh, story coming out of this and the opening match here with Orange Cassidy retaining the championship. Uh, Renee Paquette was backstage with Adam Hangman Page and Evil Uno and Evil Uno was going to be in the main event tonight against John Moxley. So Uno, he was there with Page, and Uno asked Hangman not to get involved no matter what happens in the match. He says, it's time for Dark Order to stand up for themselves, and I know why you're asking me, you know, why are you getting involved? And Evil Uno told Adam Page, Jesse, that when Adam Page says, why are you getting involved, he feels like that is interpreted as the Dark Order are basically irrelevant, and they're not important. So Evil Uno wanted to change that, and I don't know if that's going to lead to more uh, of a priority on television for the Dark Order, but I guess it's a nice little side story with Adam Page and his alignment with the Dark Order. I don't really think they're going to play into too much of that, but you know, it's a nice little story to tell on the road to Moxley and Adam Page at the pay-per-view. No, sorry. No, no, I I agree. I've 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 been one to to go to bat for the dark order here because I I'm just low key just a dark order fucking stand. I mean I just I just one of the first things I remember about AEW's inception is the Young Bucks, the Elite, you know, Cody, you know, everybody else in the Dark Order. Yeah. You know, they were they were there from day one, you know, so I've grown an attachment to them now. I'm not an idiot. I know they're not in the spot that I would, you know, be happy with them in. They got some growing to do. You know, they took us, they took a huge step back with Brody, but they're still here. Um, Dark Order, and I'm sure this is the same for a lot of other people. Dark Order has a little as a soft spot in my heart as it pertains to AEW, just because of how lovable those guys are. Um, to see them do something serious, I'm with it. You know, I'm with it. I think they're talented in their own way. You know, they're they're obviously in the mid-card tier of talent. But I don't see anything wrong with them, and they're genuine, they're funny, and they're good wrestlers. So I would like to see them push in a in a in a reasonable way. All right, so listen, see- man, we got a trios division, bro. They should they should be you know right in the middle of the pack. Evil Uno yes. is a great wrestler. Yes. I miss him and Grayson. I thought they were fucking criminally underrated. Um, yes. Very fortunate that I actually called the match for them in, in House of Glory. Excellent guys. Um, you know Johnny Silver is fucking is great. Hungies is excellent. And yep. yeah, I don't know why he's not on, uh, you know, a little bit more of a uh, of a priority list as far as them being a trio as well. And, and Alex Reynolds, I mean, he can hold his own. I mean, they make a formidable trio. I don't know why they're not. They do. yeah, they, I don't know why they're not involved. 
I don't. They do in in a division that needs legit yes. trios teams. Yes. So so I'm, I agree. Use them. Ricky Starks. He came out promo segment here with uh, Ricky Starks. He was a big time over in Phoenix. Phoenix was a very very hot crowd tonight. So shout out to Phoenix. Excellent time in Phoenix. Looked like they had uh, first time in Phoenix. First time in Arizona for AEW. Always love to see uh, first time fans on the show. But um, he is in the ring and he says he's dealt with interference from JAS for months. And he said it's clear that Chris Jericho doesn't want to have a rematch against him. So he accepts that the rematch won't happen. So he's actually going to move on from Chris Jericho. So he took out an open contract out of his jacket for a match against Revolution. Anybody in the back, they could step up to the plate and wrestle Ricky Starks at the pay-per-view. I'm like, okay, I I could get behind that. You know, I I am actually kind of over the whole Starks and Jericho thing, but... You know, long before uh, anything, Chris Jericho comes out and Judas plays. And like a prick, he just lets the chorus play and he's wasting everybody's time. Starks is out there shaking his head and he's very confused about what's going on here. Jericho's on the microphone. He says he knows Starks is trying to goad him into a rematch. He says he knows Starks win over him is a career highlight for Ricky Starks. He says he can beat him anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And he said it'll never happen because you are not at my level. So he wished him well with his open challenge and says he hopes it goes well for him at the pay-per-view. So out comes pretty Peter Avalon, and he wanted the open challenge. Jericho sees this on the stage, takes Avalon by the arm, gives him the Judas effect, and knocks him out cold on the stage, and then he marched to the ring to go meet Ricky Starks face-to-face. He told Starks if he wants Jericho so bad, he can have the ma- he can't have you know, the, the, the pay-per-view happened without him. There can't be a revolution without Chris Jericho. He said maybe he should accept that open contract offer and embarrass him at the pay-per-view. Stark says, well, maybe you should sign it, but he should get the job done by himself without his cohorts helping, without the JAS. Jericho asked Starks if he thinks he can't beat him one-on-one. Starks then said, no, 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 I, I, believe, I, could, I believe you could beat me at the pay-per-view one-on-one. So Jericho took the contract. Fans started chanting, sign it, sign it. Jericho says, you know what, Ricky, you're right. I can beat you one-on-one because I am the great Chris Jericho. I'll even add something to the contract that the JAS won't get involved. Except, you know, I can't sign this right now because I don't have a pen. So Ricky Starks takes a pen out of his jacket. "Eh, I got a pen. Jericho kind of looked at him and snatched the pen away from him. He picks the pen up, and he does the whole list of Jericho fucking pen click, and I marked out over because I love that, that, that era of Chris Jericho. That was, I thought that was fantastic. So Jericho says that he should be careful what he wishes for because nobody outsmarts him. Starks did outsmart him, smiled, and Jericho left the ring. I thought this was a fun segment. I enjoyed this. I thought this was wildly entertaining, excellent television. And I do, Jesse, uh, at the end of this, hope that this Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho thing is over at the pay-per-view because I honestly do think Tony Khan and Creative have, dro- have dropped the ball on this and it doesn't feel as hot as it should have been going into the pay-per-view. Yes, um, I'm looking, I'm, I'm still looking for that momentum that Ricky Starks had coming out of that MJF match. Um, it seemed to have... I mean, it was there in that Jericho match on, on Dynamite. You know, uh, I don't know when it was the first or the second uh, Dynamite of the year. It was there, bro. And then um, all of a sudden it just went away. 
I don't know if they're going to be able to rekindle that at the pay-per-view, but Starks does seem, I don't, I don't want to say he's cold, but he, he's at a, yeah. he's at a, a very low to medium heat on the burner. He's not hot. I'll, I'll, I'll say this as far as trying to get someone like a, a Wardlow when he was hot and a Ricky Starks while he's hot. I'll, I will say this. What we're proposing and what we're asking to be done, it's not easy. It is not easy creatively to keep the momentum of a Ricky Starks going on for weeks and weeks and weeks while elevating it and keeping everyone interested. I'm not even trying to claim that it is. I know it's not easy. Um, Usually that's the kind of thing that, that comes together when you bounce ideas off of people and you kind of, it just brainstorm shit. What if we did this? That might, that might work, but it might backfire if we did that. True. What if we did that? Good idea. And let's do it this way. And then the good idea comes out. Like you said, I don't know what the creative process is all about in AEW, but somewhere on the line, someone should be bouncing ideas like, hey, we got to keep Ricky Starks hot, and what we're doing with Jericho right now is not keeping him hot or making him hotter. It's just not. So let's do something else, you know? And that can be said for a lot of the storylines that we're not finding um, just any gains in. Just like brainstorming with people, with the talent, you know, with another writer, with a veteran, you know, and see what they bounce back to you because we want to see more comp- more compelling storytelling. That's really about it. If we get that along with the in-ring work we're getting from these guys, we got a damn near perfect company going on, man. I know. Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know where this was going when we first got this. You know, Jericho was kind of, you know, with the whole loss to Andretti, I, I thought Jericho was going to kind of dive into a storyline where he was going to lose his mind and he was going to go on some losing streak and then kind of, you know, go mental over the fact that, you know, he needs to beat Ricky Starks. He needs to beat Ricky Starks. And Jericho was going to be the one asking Ricky Starks for the match at the pay-per-view because Ricky Starks would have gotten that victory over Jericho at, at Dynamite a few a few weeks back. But that didn't go anywhere, and that's not the direction that they went. Actually, Andretti seemingly has fallen off the face of the earth. We haven't seen him. Ricky Starks and Jericho, their storyline was very similar to what we've seen before with Chris Jericho's storylines where... And AEW's got something going on very similar with Brian and MJF, where Brian had to run MJF's gauntlet and beat all these fucking opponents, you know, five straight weeks to get the match at the pay-per-view. Very similar in storyline that Ricky Starks had to run a, a, a gambit of matches and go through the whole JAS before he gets to Chris Jericho. Now, you know, you could look at the storyline and say, well, what the fuck does Ricky Starks want to match with Chris Jericho for? He beat Chris Jericho at Dynamite a few weeks back. Well, what, what, more, what more does he have to prove? That, that's the part I'm stuck on. I mean, that's not really a story. There's a huge logic gap there. You beat Chris Jericho already in a match, the biggest win of your career, on Dynamite. What the fuck do you need to do it again for? You already proved yourself to him. What is he goading him into a match for? Jesse's shaking his head. He don't got no answers. There is no answer. I, I I don't know. It's a good point. I don't know. I would be ready to move on from him as well. I don't he, know. he wants this match because Jake Hager put him through a fucking table at the end of the match? All these weeks, you're still worried about that? Like, what's the story? Yeah. I, like, what I told you about Jericho diving into a fucking sea of depression because he can't win a fucking match and him begging Starks for the match to try and get it done, that would have been a better story than what we're getting now. Remember I mean, it should have all started with him losing to Andretti. Who the fuck loses to action Andretti out of nowhere? Jericho did. Yeah. Remember when um, when the company started and they had the ranking system? No more. And, and then we were like, well, 
you know, cool because now at least we won't get just just mindless rematches for no reason. Just 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 constant rematches. What do we have now in AEW? We get a lot of rematches now. They were doing the rankings wrong anyway, bro. I mean, they were. Dark they were. dark matches were being added to the to the rankings. Like I, nobody watches dark. The fuck are you adding those matches on, on the rankings for? Well, yeah. they they have Sky Blue win eight matches on fucking on dark, and then yeah, women's championship match: Jamie Hayter versus Sky Blue. What the fuck? I didn't see Sky yeah. Blue win any matches on Dynamite. Yeah, dude. If if, if you're if you're twenty five and and two and twenty five matches on dark and two losses on TV, you have no momentum. Nobody no. cares about your twenty five wins. No. You have nothing. They did it all wrong. I wish that they would bring the rankings back and actually give a shit about it and make it on Dynamite only. Like, the, the, the matches only. right now, that's one of the problems that we talked about. There's a lot of matches, and no matter how good they are, at the end of the day, what do they mean? They don't mean anything. They're just banger matches. I'm not yeah. saying every match on WWE TV means something, but there's something going on there for the majority of the show as to why the match happens or what happened last week. Now they're doing something this week. I mean, you just get random shit happening every week, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. Yeah, you know, from time to time, I will go back and watch old school Monday Night Raws um, in the in the Vince Russo era because I listen to um, some old podcasts where they go back and review old shows, but whatever. But something that, that, that Russo would say, and, like, I swear this is the only thing I'll ever say that I like that came from, from Russo, but everyone on the card had a storyline. And from top to bottom, from the top of the car to the bottom of the car, if you were on TV, you were involved in your own long-term storyline. And the crowds were invested. Remember when the oddities would come out and the crowd is just fucking rock because they're, they're into the oddities? They're into gangrel. These guys were never main eventers, but they would rock the crowd. when They, they would pop when these guys came out because they always had storylines. So, uh, and, and, and that's, oh, that's a really, really great concept to have. If you're on TV... You should have a long a long term story being told. No one should be on TV just doing a random match. No one. I'm not saying everything has to be a long term story. I'm not. I'm not saying everything has to be a bloodline Sami Zayn story. But there's got to be something, you know, regarding you or revolving around you that actually, you know, makes the show worth watching. Like I want, like, yeah. uh, like I want. What What are you doing here? Like, why are you on the show? And is, is your inclusion in the show going to lead to something? Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. And Tony Khan said that, you know, sometimes our stories happen out of a match like Wheeler Yuta and Orange Cassidy. Maybe we get some, you know, uh, storytelling out of that and it, and it ends up being uh, a couple of months. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't end up. And most of the time it, it's that way. Sometimes it doesn't end up being anything. It's just there. Like, why are you yeah. on the show? Yeah. No, like, I, why, I is Sky, why did Sky Blue wrestle Soraya tonight? Why? Did that match make needed, any sense? They needed a body. She didn't even get you an know? entrance. She wasn't, you know, deemed as anybody important. I didn't even realize she was in the match until I saw her take her first bump, to be honest. I mean, we go to commercial break, and Soraya's coming out with her theme music, and then Sky Blue's already in the ring. Yeah. Why are you there? Like, why is this match happening? The acclaimed Max Caster, Anthony Bowens with Billy Gunn versus Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Why, why did this match happen? Like, what, what, is, oh, what, what do God. these men have to do with each other? Why is Lee Moriarty and Big Bill in a match with the acclaimed? Now, I think Big Bill is great. I think, I think Morrissey's great. 
Marcy is a fucking stud for AEW if they want to change the fucking ridiculous name and make him into a fucking, you know, giant, a monster of a man. But th this guy's got it. it, bro. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. Big Bill has it. If they want to do something serious with him, he is very good. I was just going to say that. Watching him tonight, he's great, man. That's why I said it. I mean, he was he, great tonight. He's so good. He's so good. Not only that, if you're not familiar with the story of, of William Morrissey, you know, look it up. But I'm so happy. I don't like saying these things only when the chips are down. So I like saying them when the chips are going just fine. Morrissey turned his life around. Yes. He turned everything about his life around. And he looks fantastic. And he's doing great work right now. So for that, I want to give a little nod to William Morrissey. Yeah. Man. I, fat, good for him. Knowing where he came from and seeing what came out about him at, uh, at one of the indie shows he wrestled in uh, a couple of years back and you know, he got engaged this year, a couple of uh, about about a month and a half ago to Lexi Nair. I mean, he he is he's on top of the world right now, and he looked fucking great tonight. That's the type of guy. You know, they don't have enough guys like that in AEW. You know, they got Lance Archer fell off the face of the earth. Hobbs, yeah. I don't know where the fuck Will Hobbs is. They were he pushing it. the book. The book of Hobbs apparently was fucking uh, not published by by no, AEW. It's published on Dark every week, man. Is it? I mean, that's ridiculous. Yep. That is absolutely ridiculous. You got you got Miro. Miro is fucking completely falling off the face of the earth. You, you got Wardlow. You got Bulgaria, guys like Joe. Man. Who? He's not even in the country. Where is he? He's in Bulgaria. Is he? I'm looking at CJ Perry's tweets. Yeah, he's in Bulgaria. He's not even in the States. Fuck it. Why not? So at first, I wondered, like, well, maybe he's having visa issues. Because, you know, a lot of people having visa issues. Yeah. But he's married to CJ Perry, who's an American. I don't know. Uh, Tony Khan maybe Tony Khan may be waiting for his contract to end, bro. Sitting him out. I don't know. But he just signed the contract. You're gonna sit him out for three fucking years? I, she keeps saying that he's in Bulgaria. Maybe she's full of shit. I don't know. I don't know. But Big Bill needs to be on television with a new name. Uh, make him into a fucking stud, a giant. Uh, Moriarty, I didn't really care about. I mean, Moriarty just gives me all gives me major indie vibes on a, on a major show that I, I just feel like he doesn't belong on. He's he's got no character. Like, who the fuck is he? Like, I don't I don't care about Lee Moriarty. Uh, yeah. There's no reason for me to care. This match, no reason for us to care. The acclaim win in seven minutes. Um, the arrival by Bowens. Caster comes in with the mic drop. One, two, three, and, and that was it. Um, one problem I have with the pay-per-view is that the acclaimed are not getting a rematch against the gun club. Like, why are we not getting a rematch two-on-two two against the gun club? Why are we convoluting this thing in a fucking tag team four-way? Why? They invoked, they invoked their rematch clause. And they invoked their rematch clause. <laughs> they invoked their rematch clause with two other fucking teams, making it ma teams. lessening their odds to 25% chance of winning the match instead of and 50? 66 and a third chance. And it, okay, it's fighting. <laughs> I don't get it. Nobody, yeah, I that's not a rematch. That's a different match. It's not a rematch. What happened to the tag team division? Remember when AEW's tag team division was fucking absolute diamond level, bro? A, a S S tier, S plus. What remember happened? When the, remember when the Bucks promised us that they were gonna have focus on tag team wrestling? I mean, just based off that discussion. I wonder how much pull the Young Bucks had pulled back. How much of their power was really fucking just taken away from them? Because yeah, this tag team division is nowhere where nowhere where it was before. With them yeah. leading the charge. Nowhere. No. 
No, we know we know the Bucks are five star in ring work, but to be honest, we never really knew with certainty how great their 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 writing is, their storytelling is. We don't know that for sure. I mean, so we just assume it's great because they're like us. They're fucking marks. They love wrestling. But we, we don't know. All we know is that TK is in charge and the tag division has slipped. Yes. TK needs a writing team, a dedicated writing team. Sometimes he probably forgets what the fuck he has at his disposal. He's yes. booking these shows weekly. This is not a, this is not something I care for on my show. Moriarty and Big Biz, it felt like a fucking dark match. Yeah. And it sucks because Moriarty is good, man. I've seen enough he of this He is guy. good. He, he is good. But he is he he is boring. He is very nothing, boring. There's nothing for me to. There's if if I'm a casual fan watching him, there's nothing for me to care about. No, me being a exactly. me being a wrestling fan, I love him. I care about him, you know. But I but even me, I need to be I need to be in in the, enthralled in something that he's doing on TV to care about watching the match of his. Help yeah. me out, man. What happened? To, what, what happened to the Big Bill Hook storyline? Is that all gone now? No, oh, yeah, it's gone. I don't know. Hook is back from suspension. No, it's good to hear. Oh, that's good. Well, what, what, was he suspended for a week? Two weeks? Yeah, yeah. He beat the shit out of. Uh, they took his Doritos away from him. They, yeah, it took his. It changed his chips. So he, you can't beat. Oh, yeah, the they, shit gave, out of they gave him Oots instead of Lay's. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I prefer Oots, but they just—he's gonna kick his ass again. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. A claim win in seven minutes. Match was fine. I mean, Big Bill was the star here. Nothing really to, to care about at the end of it. Christian Cage, this is somebody I legit care about. Christian is fucking great. He is such a prick, bro. He is so evil, and I love it. He is love so good. Christian came guy. out. Jungle Boy uh, charged. Is, I mean, this, before this, you before you get it, this is what I like. This is what I like. We're getting a new wrestler, and he's gonna be huge. All right, who is it? Christian Cage. Yeah. Ah, it's bullshit. Who cares? You yeah. know. And then here we are. Here we are. Was a year later. Christian Cage, love this guy. I mean, you. I mean, love it. Love it. Love everything he's done. All of it. Ever since Fantastic the ever, ever since the pairing with with, with uh, Jurassic Express, right? And, and then uh, them slow building the turn. I mean, it's been just fucking excellent television. Yep. He he is he's so good. I mean, WWE has Edge. We got Christian, and, and you know, obviously Christian's been hurt. Edge. He takes uh, as much time off from uh, their television show uh, as he needs, but he he kills it every time he's out there. Christian's killing it. They're both in their fifties. I mean, or nearing fifty. I mean, and they they are legitimately, bro. If you want to see, if you want to talk about who is producing some of the best television on both shows, Edge and Christian are doing that for both AEW and WWE at their age. It is tremendous. I, I love that. I love that, and I I, I love it. I love it more for AEW side, if I'm being honest, because they're they're leaning on Christian a lot less than WWE is leaning on Edge. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't want I don't want to really call it leaning on Edge because I think they're using him to the best of his abilities because he's a fucking star. Yep. You know, but Christian is I think I think Christian is performing way above his pay grade right now. Absolutely. So Jungle Boy came out. Christian was supposed to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Jungle Boy came out and speared him on the stage. Uh, Jack Perry then uh, kicked dirt or did the uh, the whole fucking uh, wiping the heels behind uh, himself and doing the whole symbolic kicking dirt on Christian and walked off the stage. He then re- returned seconds later with two chairs. He was going to do a concerto to Christian, but Christian is uh, very wily and a prick, so 
He got out of this and low-blowed Jungle Boy, then bashed him with the chair. Christian then rammed Jungle Boy's head into the chair several times, busting him open. Christian lifted uh, Jack Perry's head off the chair and uh, was kind of talking shit to him. Referees came out to order Christian to turn uh, back and walk to the, uh, the, the, the locker room, uh, and that was basically it. Very, very good, solid, very simple uh, build towards their pay-per-view match on Revolution. And I'm looking forward to it. There's one match I'm looking forward to most. It's MJF and Brian Danielson. If, I was the, if there was another one, bro, it is this match between Jungle Boy and Christian. It should be a banger. And I'm loving the story. Now, the story kind of took a hit because Jungle Boy had to fucking you know, deviate and do God knows what in the time that, that Christian was hurt. But I'm glad we're tying up loose ends. Tony Khan is doing right by tying this up at the pay-per-view and then moving both guys onto something completely fresh after the pay-per-view. Yeah, I was I was looking. I, I thought Luchasaurus was gonna come out when Me too. Um, Boy was standing there. Um, he has not. He is a part of this equation. So yes. if he didn't come out here, I expect him to come out for their match. Yeah, so, I don't. I don't know why he's out. Somebody said that. Uh, or I think we talked about it last week. There's an issue, copyright issue with the mask. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that would suck, you know. But I mean, worst case scenario, you just gotta change this fucking mask. Worst case scenario. Best case scenario, TK, you know, you know, opens the pockets and just fucking pays for it. You know, yeah. who knows? We'll see. But if that's the only hiccup, just change his fucking mask because we need this guy back on TV by the time that these two get in the ring. Samoa Joe and Wardlow, there was another video that uh, kind of highlighted what Wardlow had said last week about the hair and the symbolism of his hair being cut. And Samoa Joe said he scalped him to send a message that he isn't a man to be messed with. He said at Revolution he will show Wardlow that his biggest mistake was ever stepping into the ring with him again. They're just biding time. There wasn't really any new information here. Um, you know, Wardlow more than likely is going to win the TNT title. It's what happens after Revolution with the TNT title. Are we going to get a solid storyline? Is there going to be a full-fledged heel that's going to chase babyface Wardlow for the championship? Or are we just going to get random fucking matches thrown together with the TNT title? That's what I'm looking forward to to see what Tony Khan does. Because right now, outside of the hair situation, Jesse, there's no heat coming out of this angle at all, even though it should be a, a damn good match between these two. You know, they took too long to tell the story. I'm glad that they did, but, I mean, something like that, man, so simple, should have been done weeks ago. And we got it three weeks before the fucking pay-per-view. And now they're not going to do anything else or add anything on top of that, and they're just going to lean on that. Yeah, man. I don't know. Right. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't even I don't like. Know. I don't like. I don't like the idea and the thought of Joe dropping that title to fucking Wardlow. Me neither. He just fucking got it. I don't like, know why. I, I don't know why Joe even lost the fucking title to Darby. Really? Still, there's the 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 fact that there are too many titles is making it. It's got to be making it harder just to book mid level uh mid level uh, matches and cards and stuff. I mean, how do you? Jesus Christ! Which one is more important? The TNT title or the All-Atlantic Championship? I don't know. I can't tell. I still don't even know why that All-Atlantic Championship exists. I'm not going to lie. I mean, WWE has no idea why it's even here. WWE's done more with the U.S. Championship than both the All-Atlantic and the TNT title combined. And yeah. even that's not even a captivating story. I mean, I, I still don't know what the fucking story is there, but at least it's some sort of story where it plays out on TV every fucking week. I mean, what are we getting with the TNT title? Sometimes the title doesn't appear on TV for three weeks. Joe's, 
ROH TV title gets more attention, man. I, I don't We need a solid story. We need a solid story for that. A solid story for the All Atlantic title. Should not be that difficult to book these titles in meaningful stories. If the titles are in meaningful stories, it's gonna make the titles feel that much more important. I, I mean it's just a very simple concept. Yeah, I agree. I mean, imagine the, imagine the Intercontinental Championship in nothing, bro. I mean, if, if Gunther was having banger matches, yeah, it would be great. But, I mean, just imagine what they're doing now with the IC title and leading that to, to WrestleMania and having Sheamus win that fucking title. I mean, it's, that, hard that, to, it, it, it's hard to not fucking care. It, it's not that hard to imagine them not doing anything with the IC title. They were just doing nothing with it a year ago. I know. Well, I mean, no, but uh, I mean... People, people think that Triple H hasn't changed anything about the show, so, I mean. Yeah, okay. Anyway, that's what I'd like to see coming out of the TNT title, but we'll see. Should be a good match anyway at the pay-per-view. Hopefully they do something different going into uh, Double or Nothing. Soraya, she was uh, in the ring tonight. I think this was her first Dynamite match uh, since being back against Sky Blue. This was not good. This was not yeah, good at all. Very, very slow. with him, eh? Say again? And she brought her cakes with her, though. Who? Sor- Soraya did. Oh, well, I mean, she's a beautiful woman. A, a Tony Brown special. Man. So is uh, so Sky Blue. Oh, man. But that doesn't mean it was a good wrestling match. I thought it was very botchy, very sloppy. Um, I don't know why they opted to put Soraya in there for the first time on Dynamite with somebody who is uh, obviously still very green herself. Didn't even get an intro, an entrance, Sky Blue. I mean, Dude, they, uh, it's they a used, dark special for sure. They use Sky Blue in so many spots. They use her so much. If she's not good enough to run in this spot with Soraya, it feels like it's a step back with her. Yeah, she should be. She should be prepared for a spot like this by now. Well, what does that say about Soraya? Is she real? Is she really ready to be back in the ring at full capacity? Probably not. Maybe not. She should be Sky leading Blue that match with Sky Blue. Sky Blue has looked fine in the matches I've seen her in prior to this. Well, this was not good at all. So, I mean, Soraya applied a submission hold. Uh, and they look like, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck it was. It looked like some sort of inverted uh, backbreaker, sharpshooter-like move. Uh, Jamie Hinn or Britt Baker ran out to stop Soraya and Tony Storm from spraying blue with spray paint after the match. Storm and Soraya tried to run up the ramp to escape, but then Ruby Soho's music played, and she was pointing at the title, Jesse, signaling to Jamie Hayter and making the title uh, motion around her waist. It looks like we're getting a Ruby Soho... Chasing the title going into revolution at the pay-per-view. Then it was announced that Jamie Hayter challenged both Ruby and Soraya to a triple threat match at the pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't know how that came about. I mean, I was not interested in Jamie Hayter and Ruby Soho to begin with. I'm like, well, there's my bathroom break for the fucking night, and I love Jamie Hayter. But then they added Soraya, and I don't know how they're going to weave this into the storyline, but I'm still not interested, bro, because... Like we said before, there has been no dialogue on why Soraya and Tony Storm are acting the way that they are, and they're just coming off as just cringy, and yeah. it's not interesting, and the NWO undertones with the spray paint, the outsiders. Like, why are you in the locker room wanting to overtake the OGs and the AW Women's Locker Room? What is your mission statement? What are you out to accomplish? All I need is an explanation. There needs to be some dialogue here to advance the story, and Jesse, we haven't gotten any dialogue. No, if if it feels like to to me, it feels like that they know where the story is going and it just found a way to try to get us there, jump to that part and trying to go forward to the end. 
didn't explain how we're getting to that part or anything. So, so anything going forward doesn't make any sense because we don't, we have no idea where this hatred came from, from the originals and the new, and the new women in there. Like it just, it just came out of nowhere. Ruby Soho is somehow conflicted on where she stands. She just got here. She's not a part of the, it, it makes no sense. And if it makes no sense, it's hard to get into. It's hard to get into. No one gives a shit about it. Oh, let's go back and let's go back and see what, what what's the reason. Jamie Hayter beat Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship. That's not enough to tell a story. No. Soraya out there saying this is my house. I mean, you got to tell me more than this is your house. Why are you in the? Why why is this your house? Exactly. Did, did Britt Baker miss a payment of rent? I mean, I don't. Are you are you evicting Britt Baker for what reason? Like I don't understand. Yeah, did Britt did Britt miss her water bill? Like, I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where this goes. And I mean, and the. The, the the looming Mercedes Monet appearance is constantly hanging back there when you look at this storyline as well. It just feels like somehow this is supposed to involve her. And everyone is expecting her to just to show her face somewhere, somehow in AEW. We're all expecting it. Even if it's not true or planned or anything like that, we're all waiting for it. We know she's in New Japan. We know there's a working relationship. She already told us she can go wherever, anywhere she wants and work wherever she wants. We're waiting to see Mercedes and AEW. It looks like this storyline is supposed to tie in with her. We could be wrong. We could be We off. could be wrong. We could be wrong. I think we're we just two know. hopeful fucking geeks that, that, that hopes Mercedes somehow is the, the savior of this, of this division and the savior of this storyline. Because right now... Honestly, you know, there's no dialogue between Soraya and Britt Baker. There's no reason. They look like two geeks out there. They look like two trolls. That's what. The, that's basically what they're. They're two trolls, spray painting fucking shit, tearing people's yeah. signs down. Uh, I mean, the yeah. only thing that legitimately makes sense here is that they're working on behalf of somebody else who is somebody like Mercedes. And if this storyline doesn't pick up, bro, I don't even want Mercedes a part of this, to be quite honest. Yeah. It's going to look bad yeah, for her. be involved in this shit, yeah. It, it was a very weird, it was a very soft, an awkward double turn because it feels like Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter were, were just heels and Soraya and, and Tony Storm were definitely baby faces. And it was just a soft double turn. It's like out of the blue after a match, Soraya and Tony Storm were like, Hey, we're baby faces. Then you know what? Let's stump it. You know, and they just start stumping somebody and just turn heel. Nobody gave a shit after we were, we were still kind of confused. Are they heel now? We think they're heel. So to make sure that we knew they were here, they started spray painting their opponents. That this sucks, man. It does suck. Listen, I want to. I want to tell you guys something. AEW has all the power. They are in control of everything that you see on television. I don't know who's in charge of the women's division. I don't know how much say Tony Khan has. I don't know if Kenny Omega's running the division. Uh, I don't know uh, who's in charge there. They have every bit of power to make this a transcending priority. This is the one thing that's going to turn the page for the women's division, and they've not done it. So the lack of seeing this on television and the lack of dialogue and the fucking just lame feeling, the lame duck feeling I have watching this play out, I get the sense that AEW doesn't really give a shit about the women's division, and it's not going anywhere because they don't want it to go anywhere. Are they waiting for Mercedes? I don't know. It certainly feels like this is all, like Jesse said, it certainly feels like we're waiting for Mercedes to come on in. And when she comes in, what's going to happen? Is that the explanation? Are we going to get the explanation from her? Why hasn't Soraya said anything? Soraya is one of the best women on the microphone that we have in the business, and she can't say anything. 
Can't say yeah. anything. At this point, since there's no real story behind, I mean, I guess they say it's a story, but it's not one that you really care about. As far as Mercedes goes, I just want to see Mercedes versus Jamie Hayter. That's all I really want to see. Whatever. I mean, yeah. it. I mean, and there's no story behind that. It's just at this point, I'm not expecting a big, you know, long drug out storyline. I just want to see Mercedes versus Jamie Hayter. Where, where's, where she, did Sheeta go down with injury and they had to fucking stall this storyline? Because I know she was a major boy. I haven't seen Sheeta, heard about Sheeta. No Sheeta name mentioned. It was all about which side is she on? Now all of a sudden, whose side is Ruby Soho on? I don't give a fuck about Ruby Soho. Yeah, who gives a shit? Um, I was still waiting. I, I wanted to see more Serena Deeb. I don't know what happened to her. I think Serena Deeb was fantastic in the role that she was in. I don't know why she's not here anymore. I don't know if she's hurt. She's been gone a long time. Don't know what's going on. So, so Ruby Soho was supposed to get a championship match. You, this is what I don't get. You rather book a championship match because Soho got a pin. Who did she pin? Britt Baker. She pinned Britt Baker yeah. in that tag team match, and all of a sudden that's. Warranted for a take for for a, a world title match against Jamie Hayter? I don't understand that. So you would rather do Ruby Soho and, and Jamie Hayter instead of doing Britt and Jamie versus Soraya and Tony Storm at the pay per view in a meaningful tag team match because that's who's involved here. And then maybe Ruby Soho comes out and makes her presence known on which side she's on. So, how, how are we going to get there with this triple threat match? So if I'm trying to figure out where this is going, and I'm not including Mercedes in this, then the only thing of major interest that can come from this is a massive Britt Baker heel turn on Jamie Hayter. And then they end up feuding for the women's title. Well, that's way I, I get where you're going with that. That's too soon for that. I know. I mean, but otherwise, I don't see anything worth looking forward to in this in this entire women's division right now. I don't know. This shit sucks. And we were not saying that three, four, five weeks ago. This was this was something that we were very excited about, and it's gone nowhere. Yeah, because it started off nice, but then it's like you said, it's it's we're still there, we're still here, we've we haven't moved. So now it's getting ever since I mean, that tag team match in Los Angeles, it's gone nowhere. Yeah. MJ from Brian Danielson, easily the best thing on the entire show. Danielson made his way to the ring. He says it's great to be back in Phoenix. He lives in Phoenix with Bree and his daughter. Said it sounds like the fans want to see him win the AEW world title at Revolution. Said he will do everything in his power to beat MJF for the title, but first he wanted to talk about MJF and what he said last week. He said MJF still hates us, still says he hates him, so he tried to break the arm of a friend of his. He says he put a bounty on his head and tried to injure him. Said MJF hospitalized his mentor, William Regal. All of a sudden, MJF walks out. I didn't think we'd see MJF tonight, but he's out there. And he's very angry, very serious as MJF. He's not joking around tonight. Says he really knows who he is. Said he's the guy who has left or been left stranded by anyone he's opened up to. And he got thrown away like trash to anyone who claimed they loved him. He says, then he met a girl who changed his outlook on life. She convinced MJF not everyone in the world is bad. He says he got down on one knee and told her he wanted to make a home with her. And have children with her. Do you know what she said? She, she said that. She said no. And she left me. She left me, Brian. And then the fans in Phoenix are chanting, you deserve it. You deserve it to MJF. I, I laughed because I thought it, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, MJF's getting very emotional here. He said, she left him because he is unlovable. So all he has left is Triple B, the AW World Heavyweight Championship. 
He said, it's all that's stopping him from grabbing a fistful of pills and calling it a day. He says, everyone loves Danielson. He said, everyone looks up to him and respects him and screams, yes. Of course, a yes chant broke out. He says he has a family, something he'll never have. He says he has a beautiful, smart wife and two children, and he takes it all for granted. He says he hates Danielson, not just because the fans think they know him and like him. He says he hates him also because he's had more concussions and head trauma than anyone in the history of the business, and he's still in my sport, says MJF. He said every time Danielson steps in the ring, he's saying wrestling is more important than his family. He says he's spitting in his face every time he steps into the ring because he's taking everything he would kill for granted. He says he's no different than his worthless drug-addicted mentor, Regal. He says he's worse because he's addicted to the spotlight. He said a revolution is going to punish him for trying to take away the one thing he has in his life and he'll also punish him for everything he has taken for granted. He said he liked to speak directly to his children watching at home and, and Brian was like, don't you dare speak about my children or I'll kick the shit out of you. So MJF looked into the camera anyway and mentioned Danielson's daughter, Birdie, and said hi to her at home by name. He says he's going to make Dada pay for his selfishness and rip his arm out of its socket, and then he's going to make sure Dada can never play with you again. He says then he'll punch him in the head over and over and over again and give him a present early onset CT, and before he could say E, uh, they brawled, Danielson attacked him, security ran out, pulled him apart. MJF tried to retreat to the door, and Jesse Danielson leapt with a fucking forearm that looked like it knocked MJF out fucking cold. Fans were chanting, holy shit, and they dr literally dragged MJF's body away from the scene, and uh, I know someone hit you up on Twitter to, to tell you what was going on there, so why don't you tell everybody what happened, because it looked, it, looked it looked bad for MJF at the end of that segment. It, it did the, the the running forearm. I thought, I thought it was a it was a bad combination of the running forearm, and then it looked like MJF hit his head and clipped the edge of that table as he went down. Yeah, which was already like, on its side. Yeah, yeah, and and then he didn't move. Then he didn't move. We just saw him being pulled by the refs and everything else, and then we saw one of the refs turn to the other group that was holding back um, Brian. And it looked like he kind of said something like, okay, no, like actually keep him back this time, you know? And then the camera never went back to MJF ever again. So I was worried that he was knocked out cold. And then um, one of our, one of our fans, one of our viewers, um, he tweeted us and said he was there live. And I asked him, I was like, Hey, um, did MJF leave on his own power? And they, they said he was walking on his own power, kind of like being helped by security. Um, which tells us that he's okay because if he was hurt, he would have been down for an extended amount of time while the doctors came out and worked on. Yeah. So, um, um, so it looks like he's in, he, he's fine. So that that that's actually good to hear. When MJF came out for this segment, though, I'm not gonna lie, it, it did. I don't want to say like it's. It felt like I already knew the formula before he came out. He's gonna come out. He's gonna tell a personal story. It's gonna get dark and it's gonna get fucking real fucking hilarious at some point and then it's gonna just end in him running away or pull apart and it kind of happened just like that so point is yeah the mjf promos there's they're so fucking great it's kind of hard to be like oh well it should have been this because they're great but at this stage i can see where the people who are saying that they're getting redundant 
I can see that. Not that redundancy is bad because his redundancy, it's still fucking excellent. It's still fucking fantastic. I mean, I mean, were people calling Ric Flair redundant back in his day? I mean, he did the same shit every fu- every fucking interview. No, no, he's not. No, but I we mean, but we're getting it. We're getting I mean, it kind of like you know back to back with him. You know, you know, a, a, a little story. You know, a little a little fire. I mean, know, the fucking I, I, don't fi- I don't find that argument to be valid, bro. Like, I mean. Like I get what people are saying about MJF, but I mean, did they find did they find The Rock redundant? Did they find Austin redundant? Did they find Cena yeah. redundant? Did they find this Hogan redundant? I, I mean, that's our generation, the, the the new generation. Are yeah, they got the, the, the fucking, fucking they got the, 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 the they got the 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 brain the the yeah. F- what, what, what the word I'm looking for? They got uh, the, the attention, attention span, span of a of fucking a fly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> holy yeah, shit! Yeah. If you find yeah, MJF yeah. to be redundant, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bro. Yeah, yeah, think about it, man. One of the most popular forms of social media right now is a platform where you have to do a video in like 15 seconds. You know, they don't want to spend more than a few seconds on a video. This generation wants to just, you know. Listen, that may be the reason why Tony Khan didn't announce a fucking full car for the show before two weeks before the pay-per-view. Maybe he thinks the, the AEW fans have an attention span of fucking 10 seconds. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, I guess so, man. But yeah, I, I can definitely see this this generation just 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 low patience, man. Just low patience. I mean, entirely. You know, I um I wonder how much of this uh, story MJF told tonight was uh, kind of riddled in some truth. You know, I, we all know he uh, he got engaged to uh, his uh, his soon to be wife now, um, who's an incredible artist, by the way. I'm actually thinking about buying something for her uh, from from her for the office, um, but. I I wonder how much truth was reeled in that story because you know he likes to kind of blur the lines between you know what's uh, what's a shoot and what's a work, which is one of the reasons why I appreciate him so much because you never know. And um, you know his his sob story. You know a lot of people were like, oh, it's going to make MJF into a sympathetic uh, figure going into this match. I mean, they were they were booing the shit out of him. I mean, they were they yeah. were like they were chanting, "You deserve it." <laughs> they, they weren't fucking sympathetic. They they, want, they they didn't give a fuck about any of it, any part of his story. But then he yeah. got into Danielson's kids, and you know, saying William Regal's a drug addict, and talking about Brian's concussions. All that shit went out the window. So yeah, yeah he, he turned on full flood shield after that point. I'm excited for this match, man. This is going to be a fucking absolute clinic at the pay per view. I can't wait to see what they do in one hour. Yeah, this is going to be really good. Can't wait. Tag team battle royal. Uh, we got the winner getting a spot here in the Revolution Tag Team title match. Not going to go through it because I can't stand battle royals, traditional battle royals anyway. 18 minutes, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett win the battle royal, and they eliminate Trent as the final guy, and Jesse can't stand Jeff Jarrett. Uh, bro, we got we got the Aussie Open in this thing. We got Top Flight in this thing. We got... um. Who else was in this thing? The Lucha Brothers. People are saying, people, people are saying uh, MJF and his girlfriend broke up. I think somebody said they that. broke I, up. I, have, I haven't heard it yet. I so. mean, I, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a geek that pays attention to these guys' re- personal lives. I mean, if that's the case, if MJF is listening, I, I apologize for getting the mistake wrong or the information wrong. You know, uh, that, that's that sucks. You know, but it, it is what we it should, is. Man. Shit, shit, shit happens. You know. I didn't know that. Why are we talking about MJF's personal fucking relationships on, 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 on in the chat? Like, how does Sap know? Can, Why does Sap know that? You can say that about fucking anything that Sap reports, really. 
I mean, uh, who get us? Whatever. 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 Uh, anyway, uh, we got Jarrett and Lethal winning this thing. Oh, fuck. Um, bro, we got the Lucha Brothers. We got Aussie Open. We got Top Flight in this thing. And they end up going with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, man. It says a lot about where the status or where this tag team division is right now in AEW. Fuck. Why? I don't know, man. I don't know. Why? All of this talent that we have in this company. Why? Jay Lethal's in that discussion. Goddamn right. Good. Why is his tag partner Jeff fucking Jarrett? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Now, I, I get I, I get that they're doing the whole acclaim thing, but, I mean, it's not their story. I get that they're involved with the acclaim, but the, it's not their story. I, I don't know why we're adding Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal to a story that should be about the gun club and the acclaimed. Why? I, again, another problem. Another problem with the booking of, of the show. Like... Yeah, that's a whole other thing within itself. Like, why Why is there any other teams involved in that feud, first off? But second off, why is Jeff Jarrett at the top of it? I mean, what, is, what are we doing here, man? I don't know. This is, this is nothing personal with Jeff Jarrett. If we were looking at Darby and Sting in that spot, I would still be sitting here saying, why? What the fuck are we doing? Why? I don't know. Don't know. Jarrett and Lethal at the pay-per-view, they're one of... Two teams that are going to be added to this thing on top of the acclaimed and the gun club. So be it. We'll see how it plays out at the pay-per-view. Maybe that's uh, the catalyst for uh, a Billy Gunn heel turn and the gun club retaining their, cha- their championships in that fatal four-way. I-, I don't know. That'd be great. That's what we were expecting. Yeah. But we don't need Jeff Jarrett to get there. Just sounds like to me that Tony Khan wants to get as many people on the pay-per-view just for the sake of getting people on the pay-per-view. Not a fan of that. Um... We got a vignette airing with Malachi addressing the elite in that trio's titles. He says, it's time to address a certain problem in AEW and get rid of a certain problem from the company. Buddy Matthews said that they like to address the elite face-to-face on Rampage Friday. Why? You knew this was going to be a match at the pay-per-view, and then you want to put a face-to-face for the first time ever between these six guys on Rampage? Why isn't this on Dynamite? Why wasn't this on the show tonight? So you got, we got we got to wait till Friday to get a face to face with these guys, and then that's going to leave one week and a half before the match takes place at the pay per view. Meanwhile, this should have been on tonight's show. Yeah. Yep. Are they going to give so, us the reason why they don't like the elite and why they want to eradicate the elite from AEW? What their problem is with the elite? Well, they they took over the production truck and got their pictures flashed in. And they beat see. up, uh, they beat up, uh, what's his name? Brandon Cutler. They beat up, okay, beat up Cutler. So now it's getting real. Now it's getting serious. Yeah, it got, okay. it got real serious. Yeah, real serious right there. They were mentioned on BTE. Okay, cut, they were in the locker room and Cutler turned off the lights and then the elite got really spooked. But then it was Cutler just saying, oh, it was me. Don't worry. And like, oh, okay. So that was a part of the build. And there's time for the pay-per-view. Let's do it. We should not be putting shit like this on Rampage. Uh, boosting Rampage ratings is a lost cause. Nobody's watching Rampage. Nobody can. People ask me all the time, what do you think about the Rampage rating? I, not only do people not care about the Rampage ratings, I don't think Tony Khan or Warren Tony, Media gives a shit about the don't, They don't. Rating. They don't. I can't they see how don't. they could. Murder, She Wrote, or CSI fucking Tallahassee 
it's not gonna draw more ratings than a re than than a recorded rampage. It's not. Dynamite is your priority. This is a priority for your tag team titles. It should be on your A show. Uh, a promo between Malachi and him addressing Kenny Omega should be a fucking focal point on Dynamite, not Rampage. Give me a break. They're already fucking this shit up, and, I, and if it happens at the pay-per-view, who the fuck wins? I mentioned this on Friday, Jesse. We, we got the Elite just winning a best of seven. Do you plan on taking the titles off of them after they went seven fucking weeks to win those titles? And if they retain the titles, are we beating the House of Black so soon in this feud? I mean, they cannot afford a loss, period. And I hate throwing the B word around, but, I mean, it it doesn't look good if they lose that match. Where are the other, where are the other trios matches in the division to qualify and get built up to get a shot at the champ? When you have a division, it's just like your world title division. It's like your women's division. There's other matches that happen outside of the title, uh, the title match. I don't know. Build up a team to get there. House of Black just said, hey, we're next. House of Black could have wrestled Dark Order. House of Black could have wrestled the Death Triangle. House of Black could have wrestled Best Friends. House of Black could have wrestled uh, AR Fox and Top Flight. I mean, it's it's four weeks weeks of matches right there. House of Black showed up to the basketball court when there was a game going on. And when the game is still in the middle, House of Black said, hey, we got next. And everybody said, okay. And the game ended, and House of Black is in there next. That's the buildup. That's how they got there. Oh, but it's going to be a great match. What are you complaining about great wrestling for, man? No, I, I want a story. We need a story. Malachi has been, Malachi requested his release, got denied, took time off, came back to television. Right They've done nothing, and now you're throwing them into a match with no story. Is he fulfilled? I'd love to know. Doesn't look fulfilled to me. As a fan, I'm not fulfilled. But then Kenny Omega goes on Swerve's podcast and says he wants to have fun. Great. Because the Kenny Omega we've gotten, you know, since since you've been back, hasn't been the belt collector or the cleaner or the fucking best bout machine. I mean, you're having fun. Now it's time to get fucking serious. Serious with three guys that deserve a fucking chance and should be on the fucking show weekly. That's what needs to happen. I think they're wasting resources putting Kenny Omega with the Bucks and the Elite together. They are. They really are. They really are. Kenny Omega needs to be in the world title picture somewhere, and the Bucks need to be in the tag division. And then we have plenty of trios teams to have a trios division without the Elite in it. Uh, I mean, this is not it. Like, your trio, yeah. your trios match that's going to get everybody excited is the House of Black versus the Blackpool Combat Club. That's, that's the match. That, that, that was the match. That should have been the match. That should have been the finals. That should have been it. As soon as these titles were created, everybody was fantasy booking that match. That's the match. But Brian's involved with MJF and the elite, the, the, the Young Bucks are taken out of the tag team division. Kenny Omega's floating around, do whatever he wants. Everything's just all over the place. There's no organization. None. Adam Page can fucking team with the Young Bucks if they want to do something with the trios. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just all over the place. Adam Cole. Adam Cole. I don't know how healthy he is coming back, but if he's not a hundred percent, putting him in a trios program would be ideal. I don't know. So 
Don't know. Anyway, moving on. We got the announcement. If anybody's joining late, Renee asked Tony Khan what the announcement is. Tony Khan said the announcement affects a lot of AEW wrestlers, so a wrestler should reveal it. Adam Cole walked in and TK walked away. Adam Cole said there will be a weekly one-hour TV series immediately after Dynamite called AEW All Access with an unfiltered look at AEW. Trust me when I tell you this is something you don't want to miss. He says he'll get to show the details of his journey. He says he was more, uh, or he has more good news. He said the night access debuts, he'll make his in-room return to AEW. He says he's gone through hell for six months and he's imagined the day he will return to the ring. He says he's excited to show everyone he's the best version of himself, so he said he's back. So that's in March. So probably um, somewhere around after the pay-per-view, I'm assuming he'll be back. Uh, listen, like we said, I think it's a positive for AEW. I don't know who's, who's going to watch it. It's going to be a very uh, very niche audience watching that type of thing. Um, like you said, Jesse, it should realistically be looked at as a third hour of Dynamite, to be honest with you. I, I, I honestly think that's a great idea. Getting rid of Rampage moving this over to Friday night, and extending Dynamite to three hours to give everybody just that sense of like, hey, Dynamite is three hours live, full of wrestling, storylines, captivating action, and just get rid of Rampage. Man, I think Rampage is a fucking, it's a Debbie Downer. It honestly is. I agree. It, it is. It is. Big Hodge in the house. Hodge, you went to the show. Hodge was at the show, man. Hodge was at the show, yes. Nice, nice. It It is. I mean, as, as much. It, trust me, man, I've, Thought about what I said before I said it tonight and thought about it again. And yeah, man, I'm sorry. I agree. But I would rather Rampage in its current form not be there and just make Dynamite three hours and get more people and use that extra hour of live TV wisely. You know, get more people on that people want to see on TV. I mean, this is I mean, I'd rather have another live hour of Dynamite than a recorded hour of Rampage. Yep. Use the use that hour on Friday night for this new for this new show. I mean, it's I'm sorry, but it just rampage is not working. When you get another night, six o'clock, seven o'clock start, Thursday, Tuesday, whatever, Saturday night, Sunday, who gives a fuck? I don't know. But when you get that slot in a two hour slot, live TV, that should be rampage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Main event, Evil Uno, John Moxley. Uh, this was uh, more blood, as you would expect, with uh, John Moxley. Evil Uno, blood buckets at the end of this thing. My God. Blackpool Combat Club looked uh, heelish in this at the end, too. Um, this was fine for what it was. It went about six, seven minutes. But Moxley wins here. Too much blood. There's a lot of blood. Imagine the blood that we're going to see at the pay-per-view with Adam Page and John Moxley in that uh, Texas death match. God. Seriously. Anyway, um, Moxley was being beaten on, and uh, Uno went to the top, hit a somersault sent on before raining down some punches. Crowd was behind him in Phoenix. Moxley recovered, sent Uno into the steps, outside head first, busting Uno open. A uh, few shots to the head there. Uno fired back with multiple pile drivers, and he tried to go for it again. Moxley countered into some anvil elbows, rear naked choke. Uno was dripping blood as Moxley slapped on the bulldog choke. Uno was bleeding more. Moxley got the rear naked choke. Uno passed out. Moxley would not let go. John Silver and Alex Reynolds hit the ring to make the save. Claudio and Wheeler ran out to fend them off. Adam Page, seen enough of this, sprinted out to the ring with barbed wire around his, uh, wrapped around his fist and popped Moxley right in the face, busting him open. I'm sure Moxley loved that. 
Page tried for a buckshot, lariat, but Moxley bailed to the ramp, and he's bleeding. As the show goes off the edge, you see Moxley fucking blood all over his face. And that's the cell. That's the final cell there for uh, Moxley and Adam Page in the Texas death match at Revolution. He was fucking... Well, first off, first off, Uno was pouring. I think Uno went hard way, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. No, no, no. He was, no, he was face down on, onto the chairs. He did it himself. Yep. And, man, he was pouring through that mask. It When you wear a mask and you blade like that, that makes it worse because... Then the, the blood starts to pool for a little bit before it starts to come out. Now I had I had my head down. Did you physically see Uno blade? I, it looked like he it looked like he bladed when he was face down in that chair. It, it, I mean that's something like that did. they have to fix. I mean I don't want to I don't want to see that shit on camera. I mean the blade jobs they need to be concealed a little bit better. I mean Moxley's fucking bleeding everywhere. You see Moxley, week to week you see Moxley blading himself. Takeshi we saw Takeshi blade himself when uh, when MJF beat the shit out of him with the diamond yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah. I mean it it, it the. That's that. That's production's job. They're they're the ones supposed to be getting the getting the live camera away from them while they're doing their bleed job. I mean, the guys get in position to be in the right spot, but I mean, if you got a fucking camera guy right on you, fucking watching you, why are you doing that? Move. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Revolution is shaping up like this so far. What was announced tonight? MJF Brian sixty minute Iron Man match. So you know that's gonna that's gonna eat up. So imagine sixty minutes. Plus entrances and video package. You're probably looking at you're probably looking at one hour and ten minutes, right there. Samoa Joe Wardlow TNT title. Jamie Hader defends against Soraya and Ruby Soho with the AW Women's title on the line. That's three matches there. Moxley Adam Page Texas Death Match. Jericho Ricky Starks Guns versus the Acclaim versus Jarrett and Lethal versus the winners of a tag team Casino Battle Royale on Dynamite next week. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six matches right now. I'm assuming we're gonna get. Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy, that's seven. Who else is going to be added to this show? I mean, is that it? Is that the extent of it? Seven matches for Revolution? I mean, that's fine. Bro. That's that's, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm asking. I don't want to, I don't want nine matches with a one-hour Iron Man match. <laughs> that's look, let's let it's a pay-per-view. All we want House of Black versus see, Elite, right? That that's gonna be yeah, uh that's gonna be there too. So eight eight matches. This is AEW's wheelhouse, man. They they put on banger matches. We're going to a pay-per-view. The stories are already supposed to be told. So on this night, just give us those bangers. So this is what they're going to do, and they're going to knock it out, man, because that's what they do. Revolution's going to be great. I don't want to take yeah. anything away from Revolution. The House of Black versus the Elite does not need to be on the pay-per-view. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, um, not enough build-up. I, I would end it with Jungle Boy and, and, and Christian and, and call it a day. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the Ma- MJF and Brian are going to carry that show anyway. And then you got uh, Moxley, Adam Page, Jericho, Starks, Hater, Samoa Joe, Warlow. It's a, it's a good card. It's a very good card. But I I just think Tony Khan's going to overload it with fucking nine ten matches, and we're going to be there. We're going to be here till fucking five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, ridiculous. Anyway, guys, that's all we got for the Dynamite Post. I hope, hopefully you enjoyed it. I mean, uh, there was a lot more people that showed up this week than they did last week. I mean, last week we had 1,500, 1,600 people. To, uh, this week we had 2,200. So um, something happened tonight that you guys were very intrigued about. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't come to the show clean-shaven. I mean, I look like a fucking hobo, but uh, no, I know it's not me or Jesse, so something must have happened tonight. What happened tonight? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it's I the did. fucking bootios. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Do get some positive news. Thanks to our our guy, our good listener of the show, 
Joshua. I got a HBO Max uh, access code, man. There you go. Now you can watch The Last of Us. I will watch The Last. I probably will start watching it tonight, man. There you go. Episode one is fantastic. Awesome. Guys, uh, thank you so much for all of your support. I would love if you hit the thumbs up. 744 likes right now. We are needing another 250. Can we get a thousand likes on the stream tonight? Let me, get, let me give let me give let me give Josh a little super chat shout out type deal. He says, "Y'all are my guys. You and JD been watching him faithfully since WrestleMania 32 in Dallas." Thank you, Josh. We appreciate it, man. What a terrible WrestleMania that was, huh? Oh man, yeah, it was. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, hit that thumbs up if you can kindly do that for me, please. And Super Chats are open. Get them on in. It is now what I love to call last call in the OTS venue. Make sure you guys you go catch- check out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, go, 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 go. Make sure you guys check out the uh, content on the channel and follow us on social media at JD from NY206 and then at Chi-Town Smart on Twitter. And I will be live tomorrow afternoon to talk about this ridiculous rumor of Vince McMahon being back in creative that was started by SRS today and debunked by Wade Keller. I got a lot to say about it because I'm not happy. It's the second time we heard this rumor. There's something that someone is not telling us, and it wouldn't be reported if... Say again? Well, there's smoke, there's fire. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. I don't believe the fucking journalists in the community because clearly they won't be told if Vince McMahon's really in charge because then that would blow everybody's cover. Give me a break. So I'll be live tomorrow with that. So I will set the stream up, and hopefully you guys join me tomorrow. Should be a very, very good stream. Uh, Colin Hutton, 17 months in the venue. Blood has zero meaning in AEW. Moxley's matches, and most of them can't blade properly. AEW should save blood for when it makes the most sense. Yes, I agree. At pay-per-views, preferably. Not on Dynamite Weekly. Did you see Hangman has new music? I did not hear that. Yeah, he has new music. I'm sure it's awesome because Mikey Ruckus is awesome. Well, we didn't really get a chance to really hear it. They played it during a run-in and cut it short. I have to go back and listen to that. Yeah. Tony Brown, 499, he said, the meat was there. Oh, yeah. Bro, it looks like uh, it looks like we're getting uh, more meat on Tony, bro. Uh, I, I have to admit I'm a fan. It's coming back. See? It's coming back. I'm gonna call it like I see it, bro. I it know. was going away, and I said, "Look, it's just going away." He know it. All kidding aside, all bullshit. I mean, she never looked bad. We're just shooting the shit, but we know it's just the. She's shorts. always that's looked amazing. It's just the shorts. That's, that's all it is. We just we 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 kid we kid. She looks amazing. Omega Kong with 13 months, fun show in Phoenix, but me and my friends in the crowd are trolling the camera crew because Rampage is not live. I hope I don't get kicked out. Well, listen, bro, be careful. Yeah, they have they have edit. Editors don't fix on this. Yeah. 13 months. I appreciate you, brother. Uncle Willie with six months. Hey, JD, just to update you, my pro wrestling journey is going okay. My training is good at 16 years old. A 16-year-old is trying to break into this business. Hog one day. Listen, bro. Hog is open for business when you want to step foot in the ring with Amazing Red and have Red train you, bro. And good luck with that, man. Hopefully all is going well. Uh, RDSX says uh, no. They said they played the wrong music for Hangman. Oh, That's what happened? How does that wrong happen? Music. I don't know. How do you play the wrong music? Hey, man. Not everybody can have Kevin Dunn, man. No. JP fifty one fifty with twenty nine months. JD, I'm legit trying a new wine 
at least new to me, it is known as Silver Ghost Cabernet Sauvignon. From what I have tasted, it is quite extraordinary. Is it better than Pinot the Grigio? Pinot Grigio? No. Pinot. I'm a Sauvignon Blanc type of guy when it comes to wine. Don't drink wine, man. Wine is good. Teddy Love. Say again? Gives me a headache. If you drink enough of it, yeah. Anything will give you a headache. Teddy Love with the 10 months. Great show tonight. Cheers, my OTS family. Thank you, Teddy Love. Jacob smiling with seven months. Hey, JD, just stopping in to tell you I appreciate you and all your hard work. And please, for the love of God, get Jeff Jarrett off my TV. Oh, second net. I thought he was you. I thought he was being brought in to be uh, uh, head of live uh, live shows for them, bro. Uh, I didn't think he was going to be brought in as a weekly uh, a weekly performer. Again, so, so I'm clear because no, we don't get consistent viewers every time. I think the acquisition of Jeff Jarrett is a fantastic idea. Yeah. He's a veteran. He's been in and all through this business. His knowledge would be welcomed backstage, I'm sure. We just don't need him on TV. That's no. it. That's it. No. Ben's Xbox Fortress with 20 months. Thank you, bro. I'm honestly bored of AEW. Don't watch live anymore. It needs an injection of something. I sense that as well, bro. I mean, I do it because I I, I support the company and the show. I got my own show. But uh, I, I see where you come from. By Jan Worth with 199. Do you watch any YouTube channels outside of wrestling? Uh, I do. I watch uh, a ton of Destiny 2 content creators, man. I like my guy Rick Kakis. I love Datto. I love Astacross. Uh, I watch uh, Dr. Disrespect on the train ride home Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, who else? I don't know. Who else do I watch? I watch quite a few. I listen to podcasts, too. I listen to, like, audio podcasts, like crime and sports. Yep. I watch my guy, Mr. Soldier, play some Warzone at night when I'm bored. There you go. Glorious one with a 499. I swear to God, if AW fumbles House of Black again after that great return, great new music that we only get to hear on Rampage, which I don't watch. Yeah, man, it doesn't look good for them. I, I mean, I, I can't see this match making sense at the pay-per-view. But we're going to get it because you know he's going to book it. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. JD, Jesse, Excalibur last week called Tony and Soraya the freelancers. It. Okay. I'm not, I'm mad that he did. I didn't hear it. Uh, I mean, they, they, they're the freelancers now. I mean, oh, I, I guess they can't use the outsiders. I hope hopefully they did a they did they did a, a, a um, an internet check before that. Yeah. Yeah, not like uh, not like the banger bros. Yeah, the sorority sisters. Yeah. Ben Richardson with a two dollar super chat. AW, not the AW I fell in love with TK, you're fired. Andres 17 with a five dollar super chat. How much do y'all think? Poor acting skills play a role in TK not creating storylines. Example, Thunder Rosa. Thanks for everything y'all do. I mean, well, they got some of the best promo teachers that you could ask for backstage, so I don't know why anybody's acting skills would be terrible. Yeah, it'd be one thing if they were giving great storyline, they just weren't being acted out correctly. Yeah. They're not getting great storylines. Yeah, yeah, it's not being written for them. Yeah, it's not being written. 
AW Mark with a $5 super chat. Turner said that AW Dynamite brings in 4 million viewers weekly, and they just announced a one-hour reality show premiering next month from Deadline. Yes. Yeah, we talked about it for the first half an hour of the show. Drizzy Drew with a 199. All three in the Blackpool Combat Club are going heel, man. I feel it. Probably. I could sense it. Good. Gaming in real time, six months. Wasn't there a report that Brock asked for Vince to book his matches after he returned? I wonder if that's why this is happening. You may be onto something gaming in real time, but don't tell SRS. It's possible. He's got to be he right did, about everything. He did walk out. He know. did walk out because Vince was not there. You know, and then came back and has been on the show whenever they needed him. So maybe Vince is doing his stuff. Golden Boy with a $5 super chat. I seen a report from Dave, and maybe that's why Brock has not had any new opponents since Bobby Lashley. Who booked that match last? Vince McMahon? Golden Boy with a $5 super chat. I seen a report from Dave Meltzer. WWE's going ahead with Brock versus Bobby Lashley versus Bray versus Omos. It was on SB Nation. I hope it's not true, bro. I mean, it, it, it just it just gets worse. That that is that is legitimately that that legitimately is AIDS. That match is AIDS. How how is that even how is that even a thought? I remember at one point Lashley versus Lesnar was a was a, was a dream match. They're making it into a nightmare. It's not good. Do they want Bright to quit again? Is this, is this their way of saying, "Hey, hey, man, quit, please"? There was no one, absolutely no one, even Roman. At one point, there was no one in this industry hotter than Bray Wyatt. Ice fucking cold, bro. Ice cold. Man. That could be a thing. That could be. Listen, man, that could be all we need as far as Vince McMahon being back, bro. There's something fishy going on there. How does he go from so hot to where he is now? Maybe Vince has something to do with that. Dude, he was, he hadn't even, he hadn't even stepped foot in a ring yet. And he was the most talked about entity in all of pro wrestling. He didn't wrestle one match since October. And he was the hottest guy in the industry. And now he's the he's coldest. Omas. <laughs> Omas with Wyatt and like, what the f- who, uh, who, who, who could possibly imagine? Who, who could think that Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt is a good matchup? Awful. JDC Biggins with the six months. Happy to be here. Do you think Sammy has any shot of being world champion in 2023 after WrestleMania and storylines end? I don't think Sammy will be hot enough. Just wondering. Sammy won't be a champion in 2023, but I could absolutely see him being a world champion at some point before he career, uh, before he retires. Yeah, I can see it. Man. I, I, I can I can see it happening. Um, depending on when they get those titles off of Roman. Yep. You know, if if they come off of Roman right away. Um, and they go on the Cody. If if Cody ends up set, if those titles get separated, here's my prediction: if those titles get separated this year, Sami Zayn will become champion in 2020. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Shat all productions 499. Appreciate you guys, but I prefer AEW's light yet logical storytelling and heavy on matches versus WWE's talk fest shows with crazy stories. Each his own. That's each his own, man. Enjoy what you enjoy. Thank you for the 499. Chatel. Uh Kratos with 30 months. Haven't watched Wrestling Weekly for months because at this point in my life, I only watch you guys and sometimes Issa. Hashtag OTS for life. Hashtag future taco crew member. 
And we love we love Issa. So good on I you. I watch Issa every night, man. There you go. Issa's great. Kratos, I got a god roll Wendigo last night. What's your god roll, Kratos? I just, I get I got six Wendigos, and I don't think I'm happy with any of them. I got roles. like ten Wendigos, bro. You happy with the? I, I I've not had one good roll that I'm like, yes, got this. I've had some decent rolls, but I've had no one that's like I want this one. I got a uh, I got spike grenades. I got auto loading. I got explosive light, and I got a handling masterwork. You got to look for the blast radius masterwork, but. Oh, listen, man, I got a couple of good ones. I got I got uh, Chain Reaction and Explosive Light. I got uh, a couple of good ones. No, uh, I get it. So I, I, I got no Explosive Lights. Um, I got Velocity Masterworks, and I'm, I got Auto Loading. Um, I've got um, the, the what's the, the Golden Tri? Golden uh, Tricorn? Yeah, I got that one on one of them. Um, also just found out in today's Kaka stream that arc damage was not going to be getting the buff in season in next season no which sucks because the Wendigo is fucking arc they just told us this is going to be a go-to weapon now we found out that arc will never be a burn they trolled you they trolled us (laughs) they did arc would never it it could be heavy weapons right or grenade launchers right but it would never be arc no it sucks it's all about strand Golden yep. Boy with a $2 super chat. Also, Shayna and Rousey to win tag team titles from Damage Control. I don't think so. I think we're getting a six-woman tag team match with uh, Bailey next week, ruining the tag team title match, and then Trish Stratus comes out making it a six-woman tag team match at WrestleMania. Shayna and Ronda, I don't think they have WrestleMania plans. Uh, I think everything being done with the women's tag titles are all being done for Shayna and Ronda. Yeah. So whatever they... The end of that story is going to be Shayna and Ronda as champions for a long time. Yeah. Bori got skills. $50 super chat. What's up, fellas? You need to watch Cobra Kai. I need you to carry me for new Destiny DLC. Just download it for PS5. Destiny 2 after two years. I got you, bro. I'm, all, I'm on daily. I'm on I'm on daily. Um, I, I may be streaming Lifefall next week if I could fucking get on. On Tuesday. Thank you for the $50, brother. Hope hope you are uh, very well, man. James, with the 19 months, getting closer as each month passes. Keep up the grind, Jerry and Jesse. Also, much love to the OTS family with 19 months. Thank you, brother. Gary Spear with a $10 super chat. I have Soraya say they aren't impressed by AW's women. Then you have Ruby be the one to prove that AW made her better and beat Soraya. Then you have a new star and would be next world champion. And Ruby, it's simple. Yeah, it, yeah, you make it sound simple, but they haven't made it that way. Kid Revos with a $10 super chat. Is it me or is most of the heels and AW jobbers and most big guys that should be pushed are sidelined to dark? Heels are just, the world champions are heel. World champions, the biggest heel in the industry. Yep. What the so, fuck, boy, with the 499? Let's be real. I love AEW and TK, but he has bad booking right now. No storylines, really. We have a pay-per-view soon and really can't tell. OTS for life. Yeah. Look, TK must be frustrated because it, it felt like it was 15 minutes ago we were all screaming that AEW's on a hot streak. Yep. And then, like, one bad show, and they were all, like, ready to condemn the fucking promotion. Yep. So he must be like, what the fuck? But that's why I say, I get it, man. It is not easy. No. Guys, I hope you guys know that what we're asking for 
I mean, yeah, as fans, we were asking for it because we want to see it. But just keep in mind, the shit that he has to do on a consistent basis, it's not easy. No. King Mo Jackson with a 199. TK needs help with booking and stories. He's clueless. I won't say he's clueless. He's just he's just somebody that wears many hats. That doesn't need to be wearing many hats. He needs to wear one hat. Yeah. My my advice to TK, if he should ever be watching right now, seriously, unload anything ROH to someone else and yep. let them deal with that and report to you. Black Wolf Inc. with a $5 super chat. AW barely needs a brand split and change Dark into a proper developmental system. They have enough for two rosters right now, but only MJF matters. I mean, they don't have enough TV time to do two rosters, bro. Yeah. Not enough TV time at all. King Mo, 199. TK needs you two as bookers and writers. They suck. They couldn't pay me enough, bro. Oh, they could they could pay me enough. My DMs are open. <laughs> I don't know. Stu Sexton. As long as I can keep the, uh, as long as I can keep the podcast, then sure. It's it, it's a hard job, man. I, I I I could not in good faith take that job and assure them I'm going to turn things around. It, it is it is a, such a hard job, and I already know that. Stu Sexton with 36 months. Now that I can officially leave my milestone super chat, glad to be among the elite in the VIP and have this championship badge. OTS for life. That looks good on you, Stu. Thank you, brother. Now you need 48 months, and you are at the top of the mountain, bro. 48 months is that little Mustang badge, the Mustang pony. Love it. JDC Biggins with a $2 Super Jet. Hit the like button, people. Also, get that bootay, y'all. I will leave that to Tony Brown. Tony Brown's job. Captain Solo with a $2 Super Jet. Have either of you played the Last of Us games? Yes. Jesse just finished the first one. I played both of them and stopped halfway in the second one because I thought the story was terrible. No, no, don't tell me that. Yeah. I, d- I, downloaded, the, I downloaded part two. I haven't started it yet. I wanted to watch the show up to that point. Oh, there you go. They just uh, renewed them for uh, part two of the game. Nice. Uh, Jeremy Lewis with a $5 super chat. Oh, the blood that poured from Uno's mask. Omega needs to get back in the forefront uh, by double or nothing. Otherwise, AEW will have growing problems. Fuck SRS and Jeff Jarrett. Please slap alone, dude. He's doing his Tell me how you really feel, bro. He's, he's, He's doing his fucking job. He's not... We operate in the industry. Me, JD... SRS, Tony Khan. We operate in an industry where we are not going to make everyone happy. You, you're just not. No. I don't give a fuck what you do. You will not make everyone happy. So just do your best. That's it. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Jazz. JD Jesse top three Finn Balor matches when he returned to NXT as the Prince. I didn't watch any. Uh, Joseph, I wish I could tell you, man. I kind of <laughs> tuned out of NXT at that point when they wrestled in front of uh, two fans. I didn't watch When any. NXT had fucking virtual screens up in the performance center, bro, I didn't watch. Yeah. The and whole basis of the show was the fucking full sale crowd. I love the Demon versus KO in the ladder match in yeah. NXT. Yeah. Fucking historic. Adam Cole, history. maybe? Oh, man. It's good shit, man. Jeremy Lewis with an 18 months. I'll have that gold mic before the summer is out. Happy to see you on the TSP podcast today with Dr. Evil Genius. Great kickstart to my day. Yes, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Genius and I did our thing in the gym today, and uh, 
He wanted me to make a guest appearance on his show to pretty much, you know, celebrate 1,000 subs over there. And Glorious with a 499. SRS says it wasn't confirmed about Vince, but still tweeted about it. That doesn't make sense to me because he wants to drive people to uh, fight for select, bro. So it is what it is. He's got his own thing going on there. But uh, like I said, man, and like Jesse said, where, where there's smoke, there's fire. And who's starting these rumors and why are they being reported and then immediately rebuked or, or fucking pulled down? Well, why are they debunked so quickly? Because they don't want you to know. But things are lining up that Vince could be back in charge or he has some say in WrestleMania, which I already told you was going to be the case. Can you imagine Vince not booking anything for WrestleMania? He is WrestleMania. Give me a break. It's his baby, man. He will be booking shit. Triple H already said, he confirmed that Vince, he talks to Vince about creative and Vince gives him ideas. Vince is a part of creative, whether you want to believe it or not. As soon as Triple H says, yes, I talked to Vince about creative, then that deads all the rumor. Vince is a part of creative. Yeah. Michelle McLashing with a five months. Haven't watched AEW in a month. Depending on you boys to keep me posted and as always, doing a great job. We got you, Michelle. Always. Every week. Always. I'll I'll say this about the Vince thing. It was one thing to have Triple H in charge and just use Vince as a, you know, just a, just a, a council, you know, bounce ideas off of. And that seemed like something that, you know, what's wrong with that? The guy lived his life in this business. Yeah. The one thing that kept us comfortable in that spot was Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. And she's not there. So it'd take one good time for Triple H to be like, no, nah, I don't like the idea. I'm not going to go with it. And then, you know, Vince goes, well, you know what? Fuck you. We're doing it. Yep. I'll talk about it tomorrow. I'll be live. I'll set it up tomorrow morning. You guys will have all day to uh, get in there and uh, get your schedules ready. I'll be live tomorrow around, uh, I don't know, 5 o'clock, 4.35 o'clock. But anyway, guys, we're about to get out of here. I'm about to hop on Destiny and uh, game for about an hour or two. I got to prep for uh, this expansion coming out on Tuesday next week. But uh, I appreciate you hopping on the stream tonight and chatting about some AEW Dynamite with us. We're about to uh, get into... Friday night, SmackDown on Friday. Should be a decent show. Where's uh, Sammy going to be? What's KO going to be doing? What's Jay Uso going to be doing? But we'll talk about that. Carrying Cross, Rey Mysterio. We got uh, hopefully some all Hall of Fame inductions. I don't know why W. It's weird that they haven't done any Hall of Fame anything yet. Five weeks, you know? Ooh, does Triple H get to pick the Hall of Fame inductions? Maybe. Maybe. Does I don't know. China? I don't know. We will see. Ooh. Anyway, guys, uh, tonight was a great stream. Hopefully, there was a lot of good discussion that you got out of it. Hit that thumbs up. I see 821 likes. Can we get close to 1,000 on the stream? Please hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the recurring memberships. Always love seeing people excited to maintain their status in the VIP club. My mother's basement coming soon. You guys know the deal. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And please hit that subscribe button down below and turn on that bell for all notifications. Next time you see me, we'll be live tomorrow night. Until then, guys, make sure you guys leave those ace emojis, those rock on emojis, those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I'm going to need you guys to turn that music when you hear that guitar solo up to max. I'll see you guys tomorrow night and then Friday live right here from the venue.
on off the script. I'll see you guys later.